the beautiful uh, track playing behind us is called Necessary Evil by Unknown Mortal Orchestra. Hello, you got to you got to tweet the songs out. Trust me, I mean you've got a great collection. Okay, so I'm gonna tweet it out right now. Great. I'm sheltered. I've not heard this song before in my life. But it's nice. <laughs> the same with Krunbing. It's also mm-hmm. new for me, and I love the music. Yeah, Krunbing is fantastic. Uh, oh, this is Krunbing? Cool. Seems like we just need to microdose this song, though. Did too much at once. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not dancing in my living room right now, FYI. There it is. So I'm tweeting out this one from the tech news. Tyler, just uh, your voice is slightly softer. Okay, hang on. Than normal. Wow, he's deep pubescing. He's losing his man that's, voice. I'm I'm getting younger, and that's part of the one of the You're benefits of, of joining the You're tech back. news club, as Monica well knows. Just have a look at Monica's photo, and you can see for yourself the benefits of joining the tech news club. Not only will you get smarter. And healthier and happier, more successful. If you really stick with it, you will start uh, de-aging. And that is free of charge. It's just part of the membership of joining Tech News Club. And you can join today for absolutely free. You just click on the title of the room where you will see the Tech News Club page. And you will see all of the upcoming uh, Tech News events. So we have Tech News Around the World, which we are going to do that for the next uh, couple hours, actually two and a half hours to be exact. And then we will join Ben and Donna and friends over at the Wednesday Blockchain News headlines from around the world. Then we join again tomorrow for Tech News Around the World in the other time zone uh, for the morning EU session. And then then it goes into the Thursday AI News. And then Michelle and friends do the job referral interview tips and ask me anything uh, for the big tech companies uh, facebook amazon netflix google apple where team members from those companies help answer questions to people who are interested in working at said big tech companies who are hiring like crazy i hear uh so do click on the title of the room do follow the tech news club and let's jump into it shall we and by the way if you are new here welcome where have you been we missed you it took you a while, but you finally got here, and uh, you have found your tribe here in Clubhouse. We are the geeks who meet from all over the world. That that includes you wherever you happen to be, and we want to hear what's going on in your part of the world, geographically or professionally, and you can let us know by raising your hand and jumping on stage, or, and perhaps more interestingly, you can tweet from your Twitter account any tech headline that you find now during the room or any time during the day 24 hours a day simply include our twitter account as part of your tweet which is very simply t-n-a-t-w which if you're one of those really smart cookies you notice those are the first letters of tech news around the world and that's truly remarkable we're still trying to figure out how that happened but if you look at the title of the room t-n-a-t-w are the first letters of tech news around the world that is also miraculously the the twitter account t-n-a-t-w and if you include TNATW as part of your tweet, we will see it and retweet it to our ever-growing list of fantastic and beautiful 
Twitter followers, which is now at 2,759 and growing at about 100 per day. And it's, it's amazing. I, I have actually quit smoking because tech news is my new addiction. There you go. I'm actually 74 years old. Uh, <laughs> it is reversing my age. Rever- I look awesome. I think people lie about their age in the wrong direction because <laughs> why would you lie about being younger? If you lie about being older, like, you know, you look awesome. Free compliments. That's just, that's just how it works here. Uh, we've truly stumbled on the fountain of youth. And let's jump into some of this youth-causing tech headlines. Uh, people are sending them in fast and furious on Twitter. I'm retweeting them. Let's see who's first. Here's Renjith from India who likes to participate from the audience. We love you, Renjith. I hope Stockholm's beautiful summer is treating you well. Uh, I just retweeted it from the Tech2 Twitter account. You can see my, re- my retweet of Renjith. It's got one retweet already. I'll bet you'll have five more by the time I finish reading the headline. Apple reportedly explored setting up primary care clinics. Oh, shit, y'all. It is getting real. Check this out. This is this is here. We've been rumoring about this. If you've been following us for the past few weeks, you know, big tech is aiming its big guns and its big money at big health. And it's coming with guns blazing. And this is no joke, everybody. It's time to wake up and get serious about this. Let me read you this article. Apple reportedly explored setting up primary care clinics. Apple, with Apple Watch relaying health data to Apple doctors. Why is that interesting? Here's why that's interesting, and I'm glad you asked. Does somebody want to break this down, or do, do you want me to just jump in head first here? Because I'm likely to blow. It. I'm, first, I'm, I'm liable to blow Close a fucking it. gasket if you get me head, going. Go for it. Just go for it. What are you waiting I'll for? Put your somebody push it. Again, somebody later. push it. He's gonna jump in. <laughs> Chris was starting a chant, blow it, blow it. <laughs> you, you've lost all that hair here. for a reason. Okay, here we go. Oh, just do it, man. Here we go. Hey, grab a chair, everybody. Sit down. Uncle Tyler's about to blow a gasket. These, 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 <laughs> these big tech companies. Here's what's going on, everybody. And they're doing it in plain sight. Here's what's happening. Big tech. As it's called, Apple, Facebook, Google, Amazon. These companies are so ridiculously big in large part because of their mastery of data. They are data companies. They take data from all over everywhere. And it really started, if we really tell this story accurately, it started with Google sending their little bots scouring the entire internet and sucking in. All of the, all, everything on every website on the internet. <laughs> the, those oh, uncle sounds, I'm telling you. They sucked it all yeah. in and they indexed it with their, their super smart little AIs so that when you do a search, click, 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 you know, for, you know, cowboy hats, all of a sudden it knows the, the absolute best websites to send you to about cowboy hats. How did they do that? That's goddamn magic, is it not? It's because they sucked in the whole internet through their robots into their system and, and organized it. They organized all the data of the web. 
By the way, that was secretly, it's a very well-known secret to anyone who ever worked at Google or ever whoever, anyone who ever had a friend who worked at Google, their secret ambition, stated mission was to organize the world's information. That is the stated, it's like written in big gold italic sized uh, 8,000 point font, you know, inside the Google campus, organize the world's information. That is their stated purpose. That's their mission to organize the world's information. And now you understand they are a data company and they have, they are doing that. They are organizing the world's information and it, they did it first with all of the websites, but it doesn't stop there. My friends. Oh no, there's more because the websites is only one little bit of the world's information. Every heartbeat you have, every time you use the toilet, that's information too. And they want to organize your toilet usage. Wow. I'm scared. Uncle Tyler. Hold on. I told you to grab a chair, Michael. Now, hold on. So, <laughs> y'all, look, look at here, work. y'all. So, Apple Health is an app, and they have a watch, and that watch continues to get better and better and better. And the, the phone that you have in your pocket has a microphone and a camera, and those microphones and cameras get better and better and better, and you cannot imagine the wild and crazy shit they are able to do with the camera on your phone, which, by the way, is getting better every time. And now that the camera is getting better, guess what it can tell from your beautiful face? It can tell by looking into your eye. And we know this. Uh, I'm going to reveal to you in just a minute everything you can get from your eye and from your face. From your face, not your eyes. It can tell if you your likelihood with a very high degree of accuracy if you're homosexual or heterosexual, if you are a Republican or a Democrat. Yes, from your face. Your face. It's a bit romantic if you think about it. It's kind of endearing, yeah. Um, and then from your eye, now that the cam- <laughs> now that the cameras are getting better in your laptop and in your phones, <clears throat> the new generations of these devices can now tell from your eye, the data in your eye, your gender, your age, your geographical origin, your biometric identity, your physical health, if you've had a concussion, chronic pain, vision disorders, obesity, Parkinson's disease, your mental health, if you have depression, PTSD, autism, eating disorders, your personality traits, if you are an extrovert, introvert, neurotic, high in curiosity, your level of sleepiness, your drug consumption of alcohol, tobacco, cocaine, MDMA, and cannabis, just to name a few things that it can get from your eye. With the microphone, it can tell if you're depressed. Say again, They can also tell if you're depressed. Yes. Well, that's from your voice. The depression comes from the microphone. It can hear in your voice. If you're depressed or even early indicators of Parkinson's disease and if it listens to your toilet flushes, you all thought I was joking about the toilet flushes. They can tell by a very unique signature time print, chronological kind of temporal print of your toilet flushing behavior if you might have uh, early uh, on stage of diabetes because the early stages of diabetes uh, causes uh, urination uh, frequent urination at night in a very particular way that they can detect. So that's just to give you a little taste of what it can do from the camera and microphone. And I didn't even get started with the Apple Watch because, by the way, the new versions of the Apple Watch are going to have a blood sugar monitor, what's called a glucometer, and even, a, it's now rumored, an alcohol uh, blood monitor. And wait until your boss starts giving you for complimentary Apple Watches to find out if you're drinking on the job. Or if you're, who knows, you're, you're, you know, uh, drinking way too many sodas or something. 
Uh, but the blood the watch to go with the phone they gave you. Yes. <laughs> and by the way, oh, isn't that interesting? We just discussed in the last meeting, if you missed it, oh boy, did we figure out something interesting. Walmart and Amazon. Amazon is now being accused of tracking too much data from their employees. By the way, the headline in the past few hours, a uh, few days, was that IKEA in France now has to pay a, a very small $1 million fine for tracking too much about their employees. Amazon as well is in a bit of legal hot water for tracking too much information about their employees. So is Walmart now giving free uh, smartphones to its employees with a built-in messaging system between the employees was part of the app that's included in this phone. Now, Walmart is notorious for not giving one shit about its employees. In fact, on the global scale, I dare you to find, I challenge you to find a company that cares less about its employees <laughs> than Walmart. Well, it's, it's actually the, less, less than yeah. half a shit. To be honest. They don't give one tenth of one <laughs> squeeze of one shit of a percent about their employees. <laughs> Notoriously so. And yet they are giving them a free smartphone. That doesn't make sense until you realize that smartphone is a way to keep track of all of the data about that employees. Now, why would they do that? And why would that phone have a messaging app between the employees? Well, I'm glad you asked, my friend, because Walmart and Amazon, besides being the two most known for tracking their customers, are also the most concerned about their uh, employees unionizing. And in fact, they've both uh, taken incredible lengths to make sure that never, ever, ever happens. And Walmart, it went so far as to shut the one time that a Walmart facility did unionize, they shut it down within a few hours and told everyone, that's nice. Go home now. This, we just shut this whole factory down. So you can understand they might want to get an early indicator of who in that factory is the troublemaker and the fire starter and remove that person systematically before that fire spread that the, those fires of union talk spread throughout the organization and now you know why they're giving devices smartphones for the first time in the history of that company or any any generosity of any kind to any of their staff heaven heaven forbid the employees re realize they've been exploited heaven forbid right so let's, <laughs> how can we let that happen? They, are, they are not here, so that's not the problem. Yeah, but let's get back to the headline. Apple now reportedly setting up primary care clinics with Apple Watch relaying health data to Apple doctors. That is huge news. Here and But again, here's why. Uh, Heyman? They shelved it, though, right? And I think, I've, I think I'm going to like, uh, get Greg's uh, voice into me because I think they are really losing it because they're listening too much right now to market research and employees, and they screwed it up there. Yep. And by the way, Renjit... Hey, 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 do you want to work at a Genius Bar? Is that is that one of your career ambitions? Oh, no, 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 no. I, I never visit the Genius Bars. I just speak very carefully and easily to the no, Genius you're gonna, Bars. No, you're going to be working me. at the Genius Bar as we get medical advice. It's, it's going to be you behind the <laughs> oh, counter. Oh, yeah, I would love to like take over Apple's health and push it through they have the uh, potential. Yeah, but back to the headline. And by the way, Renjin's article is already up to nine retweets and 10 likes. And the point is, is that 
it's been uh, now discovered in the past few days, really weeks, but particularly in the last few days, we've seen multiple headlines that Amazon is going headfirst into health in a very big way because they have millions of employees, by the way, in all of the factories that they have. And they're providing those employees and their housemates, anyone who lives with them, an app where they can do uh, telemedicine mental health calls with mental health professionals. And boy, I wonder what kind of conversations they're listening to between their disgruntled, mentally um, uh, challenged uh, team members and what they're saying to those mental health professionals that they keep, of course, within their circles and not out into, you know, the the private markets of uh, mental health professionals who are not under Amazon's umbrella. Very clever move there, Amazon. I, I see what you're doing. And... It's also very interesting that Google has uh, expressed, and we've seen multiple headlines in the past few days, that Google's going big into health. And now we see this headline from Rengent that Apple reportedly explored setting up primary care clinics with Apple Watch relaying health data to Apple doctors. And why that's so interesting, as I said, not only do they got your the cameras and the microphones and the Apple Watch and everything that you're doing and saying that data can now be used in an incredibly powerful way that traditional health providers don't have. And these, what, it's fundamental to understand that these big tech uh, companies are data companies and they use data in ways that would blow your mind and they've dominated the media space. They've taken over uh, the, the kind of music which is, you know, they all attacked music very early. Now you've got Google Music and Apple Music, and they dominate those spaces. And then they went into Apple TV and YouTube. Google took over YouTube. Apple's got Apple TV. So anything to do with music or video, they really took that. They made Hollywood look like a little B-I-T, you know what. They showed Hollywood so what's up. It, so Tyler, yeah. a related headline is what data about you can the government get from big tech? Yes. So this is reported in the New York Times. Hold, hold, that, hold, you know, police have... hold that thought. Oh, we'll go, go to that in a second. Just to finish the okay. point, And that, well, that's a great uh, follow up point is the big tech companies, now that they've made Hollywood look like a silly little kid. Um, and then they got in, they took over the blogs and everything. They, they've kind of captured the media. And now they have their their uh, guns set on the medical industry because clearly the medical industry in America particularly is an absolute mess. That's an open secret. And these guys, and by the way, what was Google's stated mission? To organize the world's information. And health is a whole lot of information that, they, that needs a lot of organizing. And they're going to jump in there and the three of them are going to bring their AIs, their artificial intelligence and their mastery of data and come in and compete with the health industry, it will be the a very unfair fight, right? And they also have aspirations to get into the education space. And now you know why it's very concerning when you start seeing reports. And we did see reports that um, Amazon has aspirations to set up healthcare clinics. Now, now in the headline today, thank you, Renjith, yet again, 14 likes and 10 retweets, Apple reportedly explored setting up primary care clinics with Apple Watch relaying health data to the doctors. And that scares the shit out of governments because you think that America is getting a little unstable as a result of social media misinformation around COVID, around racial tensions and whatnot. 
We had a, some protests over the summer on both of those issues. Rather substantial protests happening all over the U.S. A lot of buildings burning over this kind of stuff. A lot, a lot of tension, a lot of division, right? Well, that's just tech taking over social media. Wait until tech takes over health and the medical system. And what happens then? And then is the government in a position to say, hey, you know what? You tech companies need to chill out. And they're like, say what? We we control the medical system and the education system. Oh, and by the way, all these satellites bringing Internet everywhere, because that's Amazon and SpaceX are both simultaneously racing to cover the sky with satellites to bring high bandwidth Internet to the entire planet. While Google and Facebook are laying all of the fiber optic uh, sea cables and taking over more and more percentage of internet traffic. So what happens now that India's tell in a beef with Facebook and Twitter and these uh, these social media sites and India is telling them, "Oh, you got to take down these tweets that we don't like." And Vladimir Putin's telling YouTube, "Oh, you got to take down these videos we don't like." And then they say, "Well, how about we just turn off the whole damn internet, Russia?" Tyler, how many espressos have you had this morning? One. So I'm wondering too. I told you I was going to blow a damn gasket. You guys pushed me over the edge, damn it. Go ahead, Alex. No, it, it gets worse than that. And this he, will go right he, he said pull up a chair. Like he, uh, no, it gets worse. This is worse. This is actually, like, there's a lot. There's, this is worse than that. Uh, and for uh, to Florina, uh, Florina's uh, uh, headline, Google Health has been working to build a back end uh, for all of the um, the health data companies, so there's there's a, the um, the medical records companies um, are not connected now, and Google Health has been working to build the back end so that they can all connect. So Google knows uh, what all your doctors are entering in as records. This is even worse. CBDCs are getting pushed. If you guys know what those are, those are central bank digital currencies. Those central bank digital currencies um, are basically pro pro programmable money. They are not um, cryptocurrency, which is what the government, all governments have been trying to bill it as. With those CBDCs, if you're using those as your money instead of cash, they can actually say, wait a second here, like you are buying Twinkies, but I see you have diabetes. You can go ahead and buy those Twinkies, but I'm going to just jack up your premium right now. Or they're, they're going to like basically shut it off and say, no, I'm sorry, you can't complete that purchase because you're buying Twinkies and your obesity level is too high for that. Well, we just had, by the way, we there was a headline 24 hours ago in this room right here. Do you remember the headline? Amazon now has full scale 36,000 square foot supermarkets that are cashierless. And how is that relevant? That means the cameras are tracking everything you're putting in your shop shopping cart. That means they know what you are buying. Amazon is going big into health with health clinics. So what happens when you show up at the doctor at the Amazon clinic and they've got everything you ever bought from the supermarket? And they're like, well, Jesus, Tyler, you're sure eating a lot of Pop-Tarts lately. For the other family Cut down on that peanut butter. They're not for me, asshole. And with good reason. They're talking Pop-Tarts. <laughs> nice. Can I clarify something here? Chris, so I'm interested Chris killed me. How things progress. I'm really interested to see how things progress with that because Haven, which was supposed to have been a big deal, they disbanded, right, after three years. That was the Amazon, Berkshire Hathaway, and J.P. Morgan venture to disrupt healthcare and lower, uh, lower costs for their employees while 
helping improve um, outcomes. But they disbanded after three years, even with like a rock star Atul Gawande at the helm. Um, so I'm really interested to see how they're going to pursue this because he wasn't a rock star failed. execution guy. That he wasn't yeah, a rock star. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. He's a rock no. star surgeon, maybe not a rock star CEO. But um, anyway, Tyler, is now a good time to talk about the about how government will leverage data from the big tech. No, I think we one thing though we need to figure out here because if you think about it, all of us who are discussing this have the luxury, right, of time. But the majority of people where these kind of centers and digital health will help the most are the ones who aren't here, right? And a lot of them also don't care about privacy as long as their lives improve. That's what people are forgetting. And all these Apple employees who are privileged and are doing triathlons and maybe having arts and stuff on the side and able to go and enjoy the beach don't understand that. And that's the problem with even the Goldman Sachs and that whole project there. It's that rich people who have the privilege of having an iPhone and having like the time and take a vacations and buy good foods are trying to decide healthcare for the rest of us. And that is bad. And that's why these things fail from at their site, their end, because they don't understand that you need to give up a little bit of privacy if you want to improve some of this stuff. Like a lot of people cannot afford to go to Whole Foods and buy food. And I think that's where Amazon got it. I think Amazon's going to kill it. But if Apple doesn't get their act together and just say, look, guys, it's not for you, this health app that we're developing. It's for the majority of people who are having health problems. Like they didn't get affected by the COVID uh, crisis, right? If you think about it, there was no hotspots in San Jose. There was no hotspots in Cupertino. There were hotspots in other areas where there's no tech companies, right? So we have to think outside their silos of worlds where, you know, that's what I think they're failing in. And um, that's what I think the future of healthcare has. Hayman, may I say something? Yeah, of course. Fair point. Thanks. So, Hayman, what you said there is is great. It's a a fantastic explanation of, of why some of these things should actually, sorry, I had a cigarette in my mouth. Um, should actually be looked at in a, in a positive fashion as well. However, um, and, and you're correct, you know, because a lot of people are okay with giving their data away um, for, the, for, the, uh, for, the, for the price of, for example, the six, $6 med- medicines that are now being given in Amazon pharmacies. And these are online prescriptions, right? So that's true. That, and, and, and it should be that way. But the, the point here is what, is what is the sacrifice in the long run of that? And is... Is Amazon telling everyone who is getting the access to that data? So, so long as they're clear about it, that's fine. That's great. But when, when they're not telling everyone where that data is going, how it's being used, how it's being manipulated, and in one masses it's being manipulated, which governments have access to it, which agencies can misuse it, and how they can misuse it, how they can build it into high cause, how they can build it into high cause, create dystopia, and, and clearly use it to, for example, get rid of minorities and get rid of get rid of them in systems that cause absolute danger to an entire society, then I think it should be considered. I'll leave it there. I'm no, I, you're oh, absolutely no, right, Braz. But sorry, go ahead. Was... Oh, so, uh, just very quickly, the the bigger the big problem also that's related to that is that the people who um, who end up giving away data are the ones who don't want to pay for apps, right? So we're going to end up with completely bifurcated and already do 
um, data sets. First is you have most of the data sets of the poor because they will give away their information because they can't pay. And all of the wealthy don't give up their information because they'd rather pay than give up their information. So first you have um, data sets that are improperly skewed. And then the second thing is that you also have much more known about the people who are least able to protect themselves from abuse and misuse. So I think that is like a, that that's one concern that I have that they don't seem to be addressing because the people who are least able to protect themselves uh, are also the least able to understand the implications of uh, of data um, data abuse and misuse, and also how um, how their data is um, is being basically used to to supply um, new information, new innovation. So it's like I think of like the Henrietta Lacks also, right? Absolutely. So, things are getting promoted and created based on their data sets. They get nothing of that, but they are Absolutely. being exploited. One second. If I, just, Alexandra, ahead. I love the fact that you're saying that because I'm familiar with your story and how you've combined, you know, and you're, you're, you're someone that some, we, we should actually, you know, like talk uh, to talk to more frequently because you come from a world that, that is clearly, you know, it, 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 is, it has shifted. I mean, I, I came from investment banking, not believing in Bitcoin and crypto, et cetera. You've, you've combined the world of be, having worked with government agencies, et cetera, and now being able to understand the world of crypto and come towards this side. And just being able to explain that entire situation and why you've done that, it's fantastic. I mean, I completely understand where you're coming from on that. Completely agree, 100%, Alexandra. Sorry for being I interrupted. So, I mean, let's just get real. The big carrot that Amazon and Apple and big tech companies dangle, especially in front of the the wealthy or the privileged, um, is convenience. I just came from Seattle where I got I was I experienced the Amazon store, the Amazon uh, brick and mortar bookstore, and it was extremely convenient. The user experience was phenomenal. And unfortunately, what if for the wealthy and the privileged who are not very well educated on privacy, uh, and what big tech companies do with that data precisely, um, they just defer their decision making uh, to big tech. They would rather have the convenience of just zipping through a store and being told what they should and shouldn't do in terms of their health. So that's that's a problem. That's another problem, I think. But the lack, the gap there is uh, real education around how that data can be exploited. Florina, that, that uh, experience that you had is celebrated by consultants, gurus, everyone yep. is customer-centric innovation. Like how wonderful are these guys doing that, right? And yep. from a customer's perspective, yes, it's convenient, but there's this underlying dark force that's underneath exactly. it, right? Which, which, is, uh, which is not transparent to everyone. So uh, perfect point. That's exactly also, what's going on. And also, Cal, this, has not been, this is not something new, right? It's like this has been going on for so long. Everything from the points cards uh, to previous, like Nielsen rating, I mean, all this stuff, there has been collection, but now it's all hyperspeed, right? Everything, that, every click, every eyesight, everything is being collected at a fast rate. But I think this is where the governments have to, they failed uh, because they are being lobbied not only by these big techs, um, but they're not looking out for the people. I think if we put in some basic rules where the, there's some tort laws allowed, then I think we could be we could keep this under a bit going over over too much and basically overriding people's privacies. 
Yeah, and to Heyman's point, I mean, both in Seattle and in D.C., up complete opposite sides of the country and very culturally, almost diametrically opposed. The people, the, the most educated people I talk to believe that what we have in the U.S. is not a democracy, but an oligarchy. And, you know, if you look at the data, it kind of looks like that. So, Tyler, if it's cool, I'm going to share some of the, the stats the New York Times and other um, uh, sure. news outlets have reported yeah. that Apple said in the first half of 2020, uh, which is the latest period available, it received more than 5,850 requests from U.S. authorities for data related to 18,600 accounts. It turned over basic data in 43% of those requests and actual content data, such as emails or photos, in 44% of requests. Microsoft said it received 5,500 requests from U.S. law enforcement over the same period, covering 17,700 accounts. They turned over basic data to 54% of requests and content to 15% of requests. Google received 39,500 requests in the U.S. over that same period, covering nearly 84,700 accounts, it turned over some data in 83% of the cases. Google didn't break down the percentage of requests in which it turned over basic data versus content, but it said that 39% of the requests were subpoenas while half were search warrants. Um, Facebook, same thing, um, over 61,000 requests over the period, covering 106,100 accounts. It turned over data to 88% of the requests. Um, so this is... This is not very transparent, right? Like these are these are the first time that I've had visibility into this kind of data, but the gov both government and the the big tech companies are not transparent, um, and and this is a huge huge problem in my my perspective, and I'm sure everyone else here. So one and also those percentages the, are insane. Yeah, another interesting and point. in the UK, the NHS is selling their your data right to uh, a Palantir. They were going to to Palantir and stuff. So to basically in the, uh, they were saying that to help patients, of course it is, but also you're talking about Palantir here. So that's a risk there itself. Yeah. That, and that's another big actual, that's a, now that's a data company. I mean, Palantir, <laughs> I mean, also Palantir, this is mad. Palantir just got a uh, spacked with Babylon, the, you know, UK yep. based uh, AI company. And, so that is a lot of data, health data pipes into a data but th company. Th this is, th yeah. Heyman, that's an actual brilliant contribution to this conversation because the NHS. was brilliant before? Huh? Just kidding. I said I wasn't brilliant. Before. No, no. Congratulations for finally saying kidding, something kidding. useful here. Heyman so, from Toronto. <laughs> so, no, but it's a brilliant input, actually, as Heyman's known to do, because NHS, the National Health Service in, in the UK, is not a data company, and they don't know how to manage all of that crazy data that they have. Palantir is arguably even equal, if not better, than the big tech companies at managing data. That's what they specialize in. That's what that is their... That's their mantra. We know how to process big data better than anybody. And so it's not a coincidence then, is it, that the NHS brought in Palantir to help them process all of that data, especially during the time. And it's of not just NHS. Yeah, but and they're using NHS as a basically a leverage to get into other markets. And their argument is that the pandemic has caused major problems to our healthcare, which is true. Very true. And we are here to help you resolve that. And they're moving into Canada for that reason. But in, Canada's considering it, it. But interesting that NHS had the wherewithal to realize, hey, we need somebody who knows how to process all this data. And that gives you an indication of the situation at hand. These big medical systems are unequipped, incapable 
of doing what these big data processors can do. And the big it gives the big data processors an unfair advantage. And that's why the UK citizens were like, oh, shit, Palantir's getting up in our data now. Oh, shit. Which is the correct response. Because guess what? Apple, Amazon, Google are essentially the same thing. But they're going to come in and do it uh, even in an even bigger, more overt way. By the way, let me give you an example uh, to Renjit's credit yet again. Um, Apple has FaceTime on your phone, does it not? You've used it, this little app called FaceTime. You call with your friends, right. It also has, um, they demonstrated in their big Apple keynote event that we all sat here and watched together on the live stream, this clinic information of all the clinics. They've also got your health information of your heartbeat and everything they collect through your sensors and your period that you're having and everything that you put into there, they've got. And they've got the payment, Apple Pay. So if they've got FaceTime and the clinic information and your information and the payment system, is that not telemedicine right there? What what else is telemedicine other than FaceTime and the payment and the clinic and the patient information? They've got their own telemedicine system if they, they could turn that on. And sensors like in your Apple Watch. Right. So it's um they could they could go into this incredibly quickly because all all of the pieces are already there. They just need to snap them together and they're all sitting right next to each other. So it's really it's super interesting. Um and again, thank you to Renjins for kicking us off with our first headline and just remind everybody I, I have a question here, Tyler, if okay. you can. You can hold on to that question for one while I finish my sentence. So the uh all of the headlines like Renjith's, and I, I should look to see how many retweets he's up to now. What what are we up to, Renjith? Um can up to 11 retweets and 15 likes. Well done. That the, uh, you know, we retweet out all of these uh, tweet, every topic that we talk about here on stage, we share from the Twitter account at TNATW, which again is the magically, mysteriously, the first letters of tech news around the world. It's quite mysterious. If you can figure out how that happened, please message us and let us know. We're, we're trying to figure it out ourselves. But uh, go over to TNATW on Twitter, follow the Twitter account, and you can see every topic as we do it. And you yourself can send in topics. Just include our Twitter account as part of your tweet. And then we know what you want to share if you're not able to jump up here on stage. So while we were having that discussion, people were sending in all kinds of other information. For example, that the UK watchdog is looking into Apple and Google's dominance of mail phone systems. That was the headline today from Reuters. And the UK joins the US, Japan, and the, by the way, there was a headline from India today that the India is now cracking down on Amazon for their kind of market dominance uh, and monopolistic position, uh, unfair practices uh, in India. So it's this is becoming a global kind of thing where the governments are cracking down on big tech and, and even escalating their uh, crackdown on big tech. And by the way, so did China. China has already started cracking down on their big tech companies. And what was the end result of that crackdown, you might ask? Well, Jack Ma is now doing uh, a lot of painting, a lot of oil painting. Is he not, uh, Cal? Yeah, yeah. And he's uh, executive chairman of uh, Alibaba's uh, um, talk stream every day. And I think he has a nice chat with him. He's laying low. As he said. Laying he's low, laying they low. said. That was in the headline in the past 24 hours. Jack Ma, the biggest entrepreneur in China, um, ma magically went from planning to do the world's largest IPO to doing some oil painting at home. After the crackdown, is there an ankle bracelet involved? I'm not sure if there's an ankle bracelet needed. I think they have other ways to keep a, keep eyes on <laughs> our friend yes. Jack. I think I think I think he's watched. 
that might be a little redundant. I think they're. I think they know how to track the folks <laughs> themselves over there. Feinstein. Yeah, but um, it's a, it's a really interesting global development. All all the governments seem to really understand that uh, it's uh, big tech could eventually, after they take over med tech and health tech and ed tech, they might come for a political tech, and that's when uh, uh, you know they get together and buy. Uh, a large part of North America, South America, who knows where, uh, <laughs> or Mars. Maybe they're going to buy Mars. Yeah, we, we've, we've Bitcoin. Yes. They could, could they buy Mars? Or who would they be buying it from exactly? That's that's the interesting question. So-called go- GovTechs. I mean, huh? No, but they will the Martians, they'll, they'll buy it from the Martians. Yes. Um, and I, I, I'll, I'll give them a good deal if they want to buy Mars. By the way, the another perhaps relevant headline and thank you to who there was multiple people who sent this one in from Bloomberg um, a really interesting article that I'm tweeting now from the tech news Twitter account and you can see this device for yourself it's a it's a mental health tech physical piece of hardware and the headline is can this 110 million dollar helmet unlock the secrets of the mind Brian Johnson who made a fortune in online payment processing aka data baby Baby, data, data, data. This data dude. Um, that who, sweet data. That sweet, sweet data. Uh, online mm-hmm. payment processing has spent a lot of time b- building hardware meant to radically expand science's understanding of the brain's aging and effects on the body. And there you go. Another data geek getting in on, on the health data craze because mm-hmm. that, you think financial data is valuable? Wait till you start sucking on that beautiful, sweet health data. Over the next few weeks, a company called oh Kernel God, that was so cringy. will begin. <laughs> uh, a company called Kernel will begin. Health data will begin sending guys get a private room. Uh, sending dozens <laughs> of customers across the U.S. a fifty thousand dollar helmet that can, crudely speaking, read their mind. Weighing a couple of pounds each, the helmets contain a nest of sensors. Uh, and other electronics that measure and analyze a brain's electronic impulses and blood flow at the speed of thought, providing a window into how the organ responds to the world. The basic technology has been around for years, but it's usually found in room-sized machines that can cost millions of dollars and require patients to sit still in the clinical setting. The promise... uh, and you can see this uh, device that we just retweeted from the Tech News Twitter account. It's a very lengthy article, but it does get into how sensors are going to give data to data companies to be used in a very unfair way against the medical industry. And and by the way... Hey, Dave, we figured out something about data. Yeah. Dave, What's that? Welcome, Dave. Lost the flow. No, oh, no, I'm, I'm in it. I'm listening. I just got a bit of building work going <laughs> no, on. It's all right, man. It's all right. I don't, I don't right. want you to hear the drill. Well. I love you. Good morning, Dave. Good morning, Dave. Hey, guys. Um, hey, guys. Drop some hair. Did you drop some hair mm, on that comment? You no. Know. So somebody else sent in a related article, and this is a really uh, well, well-placed article here from The New Yorker. It just came out today. Uh, and the headline is, Does Tech Need a New Narrative? Is in, in Silicon Valley, disruption is giving way to building. And that's exactly right. The mantra of Silicon Valley, if you had to boil it down to one word, has been for the past 15 years, disruption. 
and disrupting. Uh, Tyler, yes. I recommend that you read the article all the way through. Okay. Beyond the headline, yep. there are just so many great points. Yeah, well, it's just a good. I, I'm not going to read the whole article right now for everybody. No, 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 no on, on your own, I'm saying it's just a good lunch. I just read. retweeted the article from the Tech News Twitter account at TNATW, so anyone who's interested can, can read it. I'm just going to read the first little bit to give you a taste so you can choose for yourself if you want to click on that article from our Twitter account and do the deep dive. But this is a really interesting point. Um, that the you the you know the tech industry main word uh, that it defines itself has been disruption, and it was disrupting Hollywood, and then it was disrupting the banks in fintech, and now it's gonna disrupt uh, the medical system and the education systems. But that's where the problem comes in, because we don't really want these disrupted; we want them fixed. And that's where the headline and the author of this headline, Anna Weiner, actually has a really good point, which if you come guns blazing with your mantra of disrupt, disrupt, disrupt the medical system and the ed tech system, now you're going to piss off the politicians and they're going to say, whoa, 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 cowboy, hold your horses. We don't want this shit disrupted. (laughs) And they're all from Texas. And so that's why it's a great point that Silicon Valley metaphorically, geeks globally need to change their narrative from disruption to building. We are builders and we're going to build some shit, y'all. Mm-hmm. Let's build ourselves, True. build back better. We're going to build back better the medical system and the education system. We're here to build stuff, y'all. We're not here to disrupt no more. Those are those are the old days. So, But really, that is all it takes a lot of the time. I mean, if you if you think about it, like the the wording and the phrasing really totally. truly is absolutely when it, yeah when it comes to the consumer, it's a great point. That all it takes is the rebranding. It's a great great point. And on that point, here it is: the biggest headline of the day in the tech sphere across all of the tech publications and tweets going around. Come on, the Twitter come sphere on. <laughs> is uh, for, here's the New York Times headline: Biden, Joe Biden, he's the president of America. He names someone named Alina Khan, uh, who coincidentally happens, yes. to, happens to be an antitrust expert who wrote the Amazon antitrust paradox as as was now elected as the chair of the Federal Trade Commission, the FTC, after the Senate voted 69 to 28 to confirm her as the commissioner. Miss Khan, who first attracted notice as a critic of Amazon, was confirmed by the Senate as commissioner of the Federal Trade Commission. And I wonder what they're talking about over at Amazon today as a result of that. But um, it's a it's an interesting development for the future of big tech indeed. And it points to the fact that um, the politicians understand they need to gun gun up in this battle against big tech because that shit's not, they're not going to go down easy. I'll tell you that much. So very interesting headline indeed. That's from the New York Times. I will copy the link to that and tweet that out from the Tech News Twitter account so you can do your own reading of that New York Times article. Um, just scroll back. Uh, Are you posting that to TNATW? Yes, indeed I am. And Dave, okay, if you could, okay. for the life, we're trying to figure out how the coincidence happened that it's also the first letters of tech news around the world. And if anyone has any ideas, please please DM us. Oh, wow. We're, we're waiting for Dave because, it, Dave, how, how do we do this? Like, where does it come I just from? got it. I just like, got it. I'm with you guys. So check this out. Another re- related article that we oh, talked about. Here we go. Cal, get ready. Cal. Oh, Akil, you, you before ready, I go, I'm, yeah, Akil, you had a question. Go ahead. Down. Go ahead, Akil. Yeah, no, I, I'm just, I, I, I can't see the tweets that you're doing on tech news around the world. I'm trying to find the articles. Uh, Scroll back because we're tweeting furiously over here. So, yeah, it got to go up like five. We're-
Just hit refresh. We're like bro. a hamster on a on a hamster wheel over here, going full speed. So hamster on coke. I swear this hamster's on coke. Yeah. So the we we met here about seven hours ago, uh, and the big headline that we jumped into, and it turned into a deep dive room led by Carl and our friend Johan from Sweden. Um, and the headline is Amazon is blocking Google's uh, new uh, alternative to cookies called FLOX, F-L-O-C, Federated, uh, Federation of Learning of Cohorts. And that could seriously weaken the fledgling tracking system that Google has made called FLOX. Amazon is blocking Google's controversial cookie-less tracking and targeting method. Most of Amazon's properties include Amazon.com, WholeFoods.com, Zappos.com are preventing Google's new tracking system called Flox, Federated Learning of Cohorts, from gathering valuable data reflecting the products people research in Amazon's vast e-commerce universe. <laughs> According to website code analyzed by Digiday and three technology experts who help Digiday review the code. But it gets worse, folks. Oh, boy, does it get worse. It apparently... Amazon didn't really like the fact that Google, let's unpack this for a second. This is wild, y'all. And this is why we had to do a whole goddamn deep dive room after tech news around the world. <laughs> because <clears throat> Google essentially uh, controls the browser market. Uh, they are the, the they have the uh, a soft monopoly in browsers in Chrome on your laptops, desktop, and on your phone. And then Amazon, uh, I'm sorry, Apple is about second with Safari on your laptops and on your phones. And both of those companies, by the way, are now working overtime to stop sharing all of that juicy, juicy, trackable cookie data with the likes of Facebook and Amazon and everybody else and protecting and kind of monopolizing the data that they are able to get and raising the walls of their walled gardens. And to kind of keep it all for themselves. They want all that juicy, juicy, monetizable data for themselves. And <laughs> but hurt. And so did Facebook. And Facebook took out a full page ad in the New York Times saying, Google's a meanie. They took the ball and ran home, mommy. And <laughs> Facebook, they did. That happened. And... Um, is that not is that not the funniest thing you've heard though that these digital companies have to go to New York Times to <laughs> to, to cry to, to complain? But they yes. did that happened. And then by the way, so but interesting development that is just breaking today is that oh by the way Amazon decided that oh Google your little new cookie replacements that you know uh, are uh, we're not going to allow those on our Amazon properties on Amazon.com and all that because we don't want you you know keep a track of that shit. But it gets far more interesting. Johan, glad to see you're on stage. And Carl as well, who led the deep dive room called Who's Tracking You on the Internet? And the really interesting thing that Johan uh, revealed was that not only is Amazon stopping this Google uh, flock stuff on their websites, their Amazon doesn't have a browser. Amazon's got something even much better. They got Amazon Cloud, and the Amazon Cloud powers about 35, 40% of websites of the internet in the Western world. And Amazon, what's called AWS, Amazon Web Services. So all the websites, again, 30 to 40% of the internet on Amazon's cloud also will not uh, cooperate with the Google's new FLOC system. Johan, take it away. Yeah, and what we also found, and I think it was you that brought it up, that actually WordPress, which holds about 40% of all the content on the websites or on the internet, 
also blocks blocks. Uh, we did the, do a, a 45 or 50 minute deep dive into this. It ended up being almost as large as this room. And with, at the top notch, I saw with 330 people that wanted to dive into this. Uh, we have had uh, in this tech news tribe, we have had a couple of topics that we tend to think scare people away. And security, uh, where I am located in that sector, uh, tend to be that we thought that we might scare away people. It didn't work so out. But the thing is here, with this uh, Amazon blocking Flock, the thing is that there are a couple of browsers that support Flock, and there are a lot of them that doesn't. The one that support Flock uh, built in, of course, is Google Chrome, but also Microsoft Edge, the new version of Edge, the one that builds on Chromium. But if you run the ungoogled Chromium, you won't have Flock. If you use Brave, uh, Vivaldi, or Opera, you won't have Flock. Uh, this is a battle that will go on for qu quite a while, and they will try to circumvent each, each other. So let's the dance begin. You are done speaking. Thank you, Johan. And indeed, we should do a um, tech security news, security tech news weekly roundup yeah. because this shit's getting a little crazy, um, and let we it'll help everyone keep uh, up to date on this. There's, I'm gonna just plow through a whole bunch of headlines and then turn it over to the stage. So if anyone's got stuff to share that I don't cover, I don't cover. Uh, the Tiger King, did you all watch the Tiger King series on Netflix? If you didn't, you should. Of course. Yep. It's, oh, yeah. it's hysterically Sadly, funny. Uh, be careful, it's highly addicting. Uh, I mean, it's the crack cocaine of content on Netflix. So <laughs> There's two more projects on it coming out. Yeah, so the ti here's the headline. The Tiger King star, Joe Exotic, um is now in jail as you know if you get to by the way i just ruined the whole end of the series for you he goes to jail and now that he's in jail uh sorry for the uh the spoiler but now that he's in jail he's he's making some serious coin y'all and i mean bitcoin because he is printing nfts from his jail sale and selling those nfts uh do auctioning off nfts and making some serious bitcoin um from behind bars and what a really interesting development and clever way to monetize your jail time i just uh let's retweet this one out for everybody thank you wait isn't he making eth or something like that yeah he you would nfts Bitcoin. are printed yeah. on ethereum and and alexandra is uh, dotting the i's and crossing the t's and being technically correct those ethereums <laughs> are done so i'm very excited to see nicholas cage's interpretation of joe exotic by the way <laughs> that's gonna Me be too. crazy uh so he's wait he they're letting him mine in not mining he's no, no, no. printing no, no. nfts oh in okay. replacement of the license plates doctor i cannot believe though that you can i thought that the computer privileges were restricted like you could no, know no, or you could like type of oh you, you if you're a nice person they give you That's you know a time to learn a new language or something you know but I love how they. I love how they think. Power usage to try and mint, and he's got to go like you know upload his digital data, go to a minting system and a platform, and I mean, well, isn't there? I don't know. Prisons, in my head, all of my jail knowledge is from like TV. So I imagine there's oh, no, like a no, line of people behind one computer. So I don't know. I can tell you about yeah, this because I do the no, camera systems. No, so so what I happens can say is something? they only get. Let her do it. Something to say. Yeah. One second. L. Go ahead. 
you, you got some... I was because I actually do the camera system. So what happens is it depends on the type of prison you go to, because there's federal and then there's the actual general ones to the penitentiaries, which aren't uh, federally run. Um, it de uh, depends on what type. It depends on what type of crime you committed it's for you to get X amount of access to those computers. And, and you have to think too, they're all, you know, they're not paying any utilities. The utilities comes from the taxpayers. So essentially the taxpayers is the one having to deal with the energy absorption and whatnot. So as long as he's a good uh, inmate, we'll say, he can keep printing. And also too, he probably is, you know, giving some people money on the side just to have that type of level of access. Cause remember you gotta keep it continually running in order to do some of that stuff. So. Um, that's what generally happens. There's different type of prisons. So, you know, some of them have TV, some of them have cable, especially if you're doing fed time where you have to do all of it. You live pretty comfortably, you know, Don't, I forgot what the name of it. I think Club, it's called fed. Club, Club fed. Thank you. Club fed. Yes. So, yeah, they live comfortably in the prison here in, uh, in the U.S., the not like in Russia. <laughs> all right. That's it. Thank you. It's, it's worth saying quickly that he doesn't necessarily have to be doing this himself. The nature of NFTs is that he's he basically pinning his mark, his identity against these NFTs and saying, yes, these are these are mine. These are me. These are genuine. These are worth something. The company that the, the cryptocurrency company that he's teamed up with more, they could be doing this, the actual physical creation of them for him on behalf of him as a representative. So uh, I don't know if he needs to be doing these oh, that makes, physically that in prison. That makes much more mm -hmm. sense. Because yeah, now he still has be. access, though. Yeah, I don't want y'all to think these prisoners here in the U.S. Can't like, hit the nail in the head. Yeah it's, not like on, yeah, it's not like on TV. A lot of them live very, very well. I've seen the prisons. They, look, they live very well. <laughs> That's not, not the case for a lot of them, though. Prison. No, yeah, it's the, not. I mean, the creator the creator, the so there's a there's a deed basically like ownership attached to NFT. NFT and NFT is basically just a like a statement of ownership plus a link to some digital asset or digital representation of an asset. So I think it would actually be more valuable if that creator coin link actually went to a prison uh, computer, right? As opposed to some, I mean, it could be a third party computer that because you, you can mint on any site. And um, and it doesn't necessarily have to uh, come from the platform itself, but that would be pretty, I mean, unique, right? If it was like a, if it was like a, you know, jail number XXX, whatever it is on the creator coin, like just to show where it was originated, I think that'd be pretty This, this does highlight an issue though, potentially, it might already be happening. This might be a first case of it. it. It might be coming up of people who don't necessarily understand how this works, who have, who are big in the, in the spotlight, being approached by these companies saying, hey, look, this is the new big thing. Everybody's doing this. We'll do this for you. We'll do this for you and you'll get the, you know, the, 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 the meme worth of it and the potential worth of the NFT and whatnot, but not necessarily understanding that they don't hold them. You know, it's, it's, it's the same as the sort of the, the cryptocurrency thing, you know, not, not your keys, not your coin. Um, I wonder if this is an example of that where he's been approached and they've seen that he is meme worthy and that he is, you know, he is he's worthwhile. Yeah, and they've gone in and he Absolutely. doesn't understand this. He is, he's oh, sure. Yeah, that's right, Carl. My oh, I mean, is, what wallet Sorry. is he using? I think Does Dr. Francine like was just in jail. I mean, or is it just on a hot wallet on the computer? Like, what wallet is he using for these? Yeah. More have it. The company more have it. I mean, yeah. look at Paris. Does anyone here seriously think Paris Hilton did her own NFT? 
I mean, somebody will. Yeah, there are going to be companies I mean, that, that are like web design companies used to be, where so somebody somebody just does it for you. Actually, Paris Hilton is quite clever. She is a sharp lady, so mm-hmm. I would not. I would not. Um, I no, would I'm not sure she is. She I'm not, say, I'm not saying she's a, she's not a smart lady, but I I don't think she has the time to sit there and be doing her own NFTs. I think she's got much more important. You, you much think she's delegated? She has, yeah. for that. she has people for that. So uh, <laughs> here, I just I just noticed something truly wild, folks. A bunch of people are tweeting in this headline that's breaking right now, and this is this is truly wild. And the headline itself isn't the wild bit, but let me uh, listen to this. This I, I can't believe this is happening. The the articles from CNN, Alexandra just tweeted this in, and L both tweeted this in. Right, you both of you know what I'm talking about. In the past oh, ten yeah, minutes, yeah. now that's not the crazy part. The headline is from CNN: House lawmakers introduce big tech bills that could break up Amazon, Google, and others. Again, CNN article, CNN, huge, huge outlet, not some far left. Well, some say it's far left. It's not far right. It's not tin hat conspiracy theory, crazy, kooky shit. It's super. It's not far. It's, it's not even far left. Right. So, just, but he, no, hear me not. out. That's not the interesting part. So they tweeted it to me, both the people on stage, Alexandra and L. What's interesting is Twitter is hiding the link saying the 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 fall hold on, I, hold on hold on I got some weird audio coming in here what's amazing is twitter from time to time as india well knows hides some content that it doesn't want people to see and they say mm, if you really want to see this content you have to click it cuz it might be offensive or untrue or whatever and for whatever reason this cnn article that they are sharing about house lawmakers cracking down on big tech is being hidden by Twitter by people who tweet it. So when L tweeted it and Alexandra tweeted it both simultaneously, one minute apart, it comes into my feed, but it says I can't see the article they're tweeting at me because it's blocked out and it says the following media includes potentially sensitive content. I have to click an extra button to say, okay, I'm an adult. I can watch this content. Why is Twitter hiding this article from CNN about house lawmakers cracking down on big tech. That's not even just CNN. It's in the New York Times. Yes, it's everywhere. It's a huge story. Wait, one second. Can you read yeah, it? Um, I was going to directly DM it to you, but I knew you, you don't check your messages like that. But yeah, I talked about it yesterday in the Facebook room uh, when somebody had a Facebook room uh, when they were talking about the audio. But yeah, it was it was reported so I'm, yesterday. I'm going to well. retweet Alexandra's right now from the tech news twitter account i'm curious if you go to the tech news twitter account if it shows up visible normal like a normal tweet or if it's obvious we'll check if it's hidden yeah, we'll check. and it says i'm there now so for me see. it looks like you could see it yeah you can see it for me too okay kind of. i just tweeted it out i can see it from sweden okay now i can see okay it. Yeah. oftentimes that's in your twitter settings there there are mm-hmm. some things that oh, you might wait. set for for your own Tyler, yeah. protection. Mine says this tweet might include sensitive content change settings. Ah. There you go. I, that's what I saw when I. Why would they do that to a CNN article? That's really weird. Tyler, let's uh, you're let's try control. Lakeisha, can you see it? You're in Thailand as well. Exactly. I yeah, can I was see just it. Thinking it might so be you must location. have the kitty control on, Tyler. Yeah, Tyler. It's really weird. I can't see it, and I'm sitting in DC. It's. Uh, I'm in India, and I can see it. 
Interesting. Yeah, in Canada, I can see it. it I can see it in the Jeff UK. Is naked. But 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 even if we do have the controls up, what's what's objectionable? Why can't a five year old read this that's, article? Like that, what's that, that, objectionable. About this it? brings up this brings up the the issue with anything where you have some kind of policy, and you have the person who's implementing or enforcing policy that has discretion, right? I mean, this is the issue with Twitter. This is the issue with law enforcement. The people on the ground have the ability to make the call and it affects the rest of us. And so like, this is the other big case for why AI really needs to be brought in, right? Is that AI would make the decision and know that this isn't uh, kitty porn or something. This is a, just an article, but someone- In California, hi- I can see it. Someone higher up had to, or some, someone in between uh, you and the higher ups had to make this decision and it's now impacting, you know, the appearance of the company, right? And that's, I think this is what really is going to drive the decentralization of all these services. Yep. Uh, it's it's quite concerning. And you can see how we're kind of in a tizzy. And this is why, you know, people in India, when they were tweeting about, you know, resign Modi on, on either Facebook or Twitter or in Palestine, when they're tweeting free Palestine and things start getting blocked, people get very antsy very quickly about uh, content being hidden. Well, the worst thing is... I I, I have a theory regarding just this page from the CNN uh, edition. The thing is that if you scroll down, you will find mm, nudity to some extent. Uh, There's a lot of uh, articles if you scroll down. So it might not be that it is the article we link to. It might be that the information on the page actually have uh, PG-18 on them lower down because there are Kardashians doing things in clips there. Johan, I, ha- I have different articles suggested for me when I scroll down. Yeah, that right there. This is the whole problem. We don't have transparency into the rules. I mean, that, that's the issue. But no, oh, no, and you know, but Evan, don't, I mean, you Evan, you know, guys? social media though. I mean, you, we, you agree, would, do you not that they, they, they're not in a position to ever let us really look into the, into the box of the algorithm. And by the way, it would be too complex. We don't know. Right. We, we know nothing. Instagram came out with a description of their algorithm and how it works. Yep. That was more confusing yep. than anything I would have imagined right. with hundreds of different. So, no, they said, so they, so Evan, they, Evan, they, Evan, they said thousands. They claimed they had thousands Sorry. of inputs. Um, <laughs> so imagine so, how many Twitter has. You know? Yeah. So isn't this interesting? Because this means now that your targeted ad network can affect your access to stories because of what's embedded mm. in the news article. Mm. Yeah. So check this out. Carl just sent in an update on the Tiger King. Uh, this, there's an article from TMZ um, in the U.S., which is a very, for those who, does everyone know what TMZ is outside of the U.S.? No? TMZ, I grew up on no. it. TMZ is, covers everything that's coming out of Hollywood, essentially pop. You know, all of It's basically paparazzi and yeah. just gossip stories. They've got hidden, they've like got, behind the scenes and anytime a celebrity is going in or out of a restaurant, they're there with a microphone straight up their face, you know, being like, asking the tough questions. So, Michael, you must know them pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> They're, they're usually hiding behind exactly. palm trees. I was actually about to say, they're very, uh, Tyler uses the word celebrity very loosely. I've been on TMZ three times and I'm a D-lister, so 
Yeah. So the Carl just tweeted out an article from TMZ. I just retweeted it from the Tech News Twitter account at TNATW. Uh, and it says that Joe Exotic, the star of the Tiger King, is launching his own cannabis line straight out of prison. The same the same day. He's busy, man. I, yeah. I was, I, was busy. Just, I was just about to ask whether he can leverage on NFT to sell drugs. <laughs> so he's been busy there behind bars. Um I guess uh, he's on good behavior. Um, I'm, well, I'm really curious to see what runs in the guy's head. Nothing. You know that he, Carol Baskin is on the Yes, podcast, Carol Baskin's on like, Yes, she is. You can, he, she, like she follows Donald me. Trump. He's just like Donald Trump. So he's a brand. And he'll, he sells the license to his brand. Right. He's a brander. He's a brand builder. Tyler, when are you when when are you going to start uh, tech news around the world on Spotify? They launched their audio app today. Oh, did it did it start today? That's right. Oh, yes. I just I just tagged you on tech news around the world. Oh, beautiful. Let's check a take a look at this article. Thank you for that, Ev. Let's see here. I'm I'm refreshing if that hasn't appeared yet in my Twitter feed. Uh, while we wait for that one to pop in, Tyler, can I just interrupt for, for a quick second? Sure. I'm sorry, I take my words back. I just checked. Paris Hilton actually did her own NFT. Okay, thank you. So she didn't actually delegate it. Thank God she for us. Oh, my God. Her, so. Woo, breaking. Hold on. Let me play the audio <laughs> clip here. No, no, hang on, hang on. I must have offended some women in there, so I had to do that. And men? What the hell? I've got 16 emails that I've got now. I think you offended all blonde people everywhere. Ooh. As a blonde person, I was offended. Yes, but for us that was that was good. You're 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 a good guy. You checked. Oh, it you out. mean Michael used you to be blonde something. before you shed? Yeah, good job. <laughs> I'm still blonde. Yeah. Uh, Let, let's be honest, though. Well, none of us thought that that, that 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 group of girls would be alive today. I'm right, Evan. I'm looking for. Can you again with your tweet? Because I, I still don't see it. Yeah, so so basically, it's it's on uh, uh, TechCrunch, but basically, Spotify launches Green Room, a new app that allows users worldwide to join host live audio rooms, um, a la Clubhouse, but also turn them into podcasts. So that's really interesting because not only can you uh, publish live, but leverage the huge Spotify network so how exciting is that doesn't that wasn't it reported yesterday that spotify was allowing people to they were looking for people to create content as well so does this tie into that um to that as well yeah absolutely it's a creator economy but i'm really excited because i really miss the recorded side of audio on on this app and i know people record the rooms but it's a debacle to record a room and publish it and edit it and Spotify could really break through here with something okay, interesting. I'll tell you what I'm going to do, folks. Well, absolutely. Um, I just I was just asked to um, to do a podcast on Mark Cuban's new app, Fireside. So um, they're doing it too. They they like they record it. They'll publish to any platform. So uh, podcasting is also coming there too. And they threw a ton of money behind it. Apparently, we do have an Indian club. I mean, why why don't Fireside, why don't we have a tech news around the world? Yeah, why don't we have a Tech News Around the World podcast, Tyler? Okay, now hold that thought because uh, I'm messaging with Daniel Eck, the CEO of Spotify, right now on Facebook Messenger, as we've done. Wow, many this times. is exciting. Awesome. And so I'm going. Tyler, Tyler don't you have, don't have that if you guys can stall for a few minutes while I invite well, we to send him the link to try and join us, uh, that would <laughs> well, be very helpful. 
I, I will try and stall. I'll break some news. Next week, yes. my show is going to be launching a website and a podcast from our shows on Clubhouse. So, oh, okay, wow. Thank you, Justin. Doable. Is that the reason? How are you doing it, Justin? Where are you doing it? What platform are you using? How do we get there? Yeah, thank so, you. So, yeah, I will I will let you all know we're actually building the website um, on – it should be released on Monday. We're, we're going through and doing it all right now. But if you want to learn more, you can go to the Twitter handle, politics, the letter N, and the word media, all together, politics and media. And um, basically, we're just going to be putting up the interviews portion and then also kind of the popcorn portion, which is similar to tech news around the world. And it should be a really good test, right, to see if Clubhouse can translate to a podcast, because how many people are going to be willing to kind of move from this app to download a podcast? We have no idea. There is a couple of Australians that actually do that already. One of them is a lady named JJ. She pulls a, a data security forum each day that she, during the first time, they run it as a podcast and it's available on all the major podcast forums. And after they, they say, okay, uh, now we close down the podcast and start a Q&A session on Clubhouse. And that works. Well, well I, I think the value for Clubhouse, and correct me wrong, right? So we're talking about the business model of these audio apps. Um, I think one potential way that Clubhouse can thrive is essentially leveraging people like, like myself and maybe tech news around the world, if there's a podcast for that where we go and put up the podcast, but then throughout the podcast, we advertise that this is all a live show that's done on Clubhouse. If you want to speak to the former CIA, director of CIA or a sitting member of the Senate and also be in the show, you have to go to Clubhouse and you can download Clubhouse at this link, which you can find on our website. And I think that maybe could that be a way for clubhouse to kind of not only drive downloads but drive a sustainable audience who not only downloads the app but then is consistently using it because they get to be part of an interactive live show could that be the future of this business model yeah it's cool thoughts justin i really like it i mean this whole next frame of clubhouse like the critical point is like the, the integration of the whole ecosystem of stuff like and i think the whole podcast thing i mean listening to a podcast is cool if you're like you know not wanting to interact but sometimes you know when you're listening to weinstein being interviewed by someone really cool you'd love to just pop a question and like you know uh, eric what does gauge theory really mean like when he goes deep in his whole like crypto economic stuff so I think your thoughts are awesome, and uh, yeah, you're going to do really, really well. So I think maybe we're going to we're going to wait we're going to wait to see if uh, D, as we call him, Daniel, drops by here. Um, and a couple of interesting points about Spotify and, and this their version of Clubhouse that m most people miss. And sorry if you mentioned it because I was busy kind of chatting. the The interesting thing is, of course, they have all of the musicians around the planet, uh, uh, the you two, you know, the biggest of the biggest, they're all there, right? And all of their fans are there too. So 
you can imagine that in their version of Clubhouse, there's a room for every band and their fans are there talking and listening to music together, like we do at the beginning of this room every day, where I play songs and they listen to them and we all go, oh, what's that? And I tweet, you know. And then from time to time, the the artist might jump in to say hello to their fans and they might even do a little acoustic, you know, jam for their fans. And they killer app, amazing. And they might even offer a, what Twitter just did, which is what they call ticketed uh, events. And you can imagine Taylor Swift charging five dollars uh, to join her ticketed space where it's her playing her acoustic guitar on her toilet for her one million fans and makes a cool five million dollars for playing a few songs on her toilet. So it gets very interesting indeed very quickly as the future of uh, uh, you can artists could conceptually make a lot more from their clubhouse rooms than they do from their songs or from even touring by doing virtual concerts via their kind of clubhouse rooms or what they're calling uh, green rooms in Spotify. So it's it's super. And by the way, Spotify a couple of years ago bought a company called Anchor, which makes it incredibly simple and mind-blowingly cool and powerfully simple to take any piece of audio and blast it out to all of the podcast networks, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, and 10 other podcast platforms all simultaneously magically. And and you can. This is really an Apple Music killer. Oh, an com- Apple podcast completely, killer. completely. And, oh, for sure. And, they, and I, I think it's. I was just going to say real fast. They color? they also give you something no one else does, which is all of the data of all of the aggregate listens across all of those platforms, so that now you can take that data to your partners or sponsors and say, here's how much listens I get across all of my podcast channels: Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, Google Podcasts, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So it's um it's a real interesting move, especially if your rooms that you're doing on Spotify, their version of Clubhouse, if those rooms are recordable and then released as podcasts through that anchor network. Truly mind-blowing. Go ahead. Sorry. I think, I think this is the eventual podcast uh, Clubhouse business model. I've heard them talk about something like this because they are, of course, creator first. Yeah, that's a well, question. Uh, Spotify has such an amazing reach. And Tyler, what do you think about the uh, well the lawsuit between Spotify and Apple in Europe? Yeah. Won't that tie into this? In one way? yeah. One other interesting thing is Spotify has an ad network built in. So of course, there's paid Spotify where people pay, you know, ten dollars a month or two dollars a month, depending on where you live in the world. And that removes the ads. But, of course, anyone can enjoy Spotify for free just by listening to the ads. Now, you as a podcaster normally don't make money from your podcast when you're getting started because you don't have the time to go find sponsors. Well, you don't with Spotify, you don't need to. They put the ads in your podcast for you automatically and start paying you for your listens. And you can imagine they'll do the same once you click, you know, record on your room then the room ends and blast it out as a podcast, and now you're monetizing your rooms. As, as a creator that's working full-time, that is absolutely huge. Because if you can oh. find a monetary stream where you don't have to work on the back-end stuff, you can either do the podcasting full-time, or you can just use all of your time to focus on improving the production quality. So that is a massive, massive benefit of, of that platform. 
But what Tyler. if you've already paid to avoid the ads? Like, that's my thing. I will pay money to avoid yeah. a commercial yeah. by any means necessary. Yeah, but so the, I don't the data about you is still there, though, right? Yeah. That's the unique thing. Is They're still <laughs> getting your money one way or another. They're just getting it from you directly or through the ads you listen to. How is this yeah. different from YouTube? Yeah, I was going to say that. What about YouTube? They, it's not. They it's on. It's a great it's question. Possible. As usual, Francine asks the great questions. And it's not that different from YouTube. YouTube realized what Spotify was up to and was like, ah, that's brilliant. Yeah, we can do the same. And now YouTube offers a, a the ability to pay for on a monthly basis to remove all of the ads. And they include all of the music. And they even made they make what they call now YouTube music, which is its own downloadable iOS and, and Android app that functions incredibly similar to Spotify. And you can use that app just like Spotify with ads or pay a monthly fee to remove them. But what if they strategically edit? What if they strategically edit an ad into the uh, podcast? That's, that was what I was going to say. Yeah, Haven, that's my that point. They could use NLP, right? Yeah. Is the second you mention a brand, they can, uh, they can splice it in real time, <laughs> you know? Brought or to any negative Amazon. about a brand, they could splice it too, right? Yeah, it's really interesting. And that's why, I mean, just in full transparency, when we started talking about social commerce and the second that Spotify bought their own Clubhouse clone, which was called Locker Room. And now uh, thank you to uh, Evan for uh, we were waiting. We knew it was going to be any day. I had a, my lunch conversation today where they were talking about, oh, did you see that Facebook announced their version of Clubhouse? I was like, yeah. And by the way, Spotify is going to do theirs any day now as well. And then here it is today. Um because we knew that was coming when they bought, you know, what, what they called locker room. And it's um, it's it's really powerful. It's so powerful. By the way, not only will the artists on Clubhouse now be able to do rooms, perform virtual concerts, they could also potentially become the e due to a partnership with Shopify, which we know they've done, but it hasn't really been announced yet. By the way, uh, ching ching on Shopify when that news gets announced, um, which will happen very soon. Because I expect that announcement is also just days away, but it will allow artists to sell things from their artist account on Spotify, like concert tickets directly rather than paying you know, a ridiculous fee to the, the, these ticket agents like Ticketmaster. So much so that Pearl Jam went on a whole jihad against Ticketmaster, if you remember. Um, and a lot of artists absolutely hate Ticketmaster for that reason. So if artists are able to sell tickets directly, that's an absolute game changer for their upcoming tours or uh, do the virtual concerts, as we talked about, or sell their own physical merchandise through their Shopify accounts, which would be huge because a lot of bands make a lot of their revenue from, from selling their T-shirts and merch and all that. Merchandise is short for merchandise. And then lastly, uh, virtual merch. As we're talking about Joe Exotic selling NFTs from jail, why can't Jay-Z and Beyonce sell NFTs from Spotify? And of course they can. They can sell virtual goods, real merch, and virtual merch. And now you've got all kinds of ways for artists to monetize. Inside. Let alone, let alone, imagine if in the same way that Instagram in the past couple of days has announced that Instagram is going to allow for stores do, and they're basically little hidden, well-disguised little Shopify stores inside of Instagram. And they're going to match your little store, your flower shop, cake shop, shoe shop with Instagram influencers who are going to drive traffic to your somewhat hidden cake shop, shoe shop, flower shop. And they're going to take a little commission. Imagine that the uh, creators on Spotify could do the same, where they will receive all kinds of opportunities to promote stuff from to their fans 
in addition to selling their own merch and their own physical goods and their own virtual goods, why couldn't they sell other goods that they are fans of, if their favorite yeah. shoe that they like or their partnership they did with some clothing brand or whatever else and monetize that as well? Yes, go ahead. Tyler, I was just going to say, coming from a SiriusXM perspective, this is exactly why we rebranded as SXM Media to go the advertising route because there is so much to be done. And I think something that's interesting that we're going to start seeing, and it's not just Spotify, Sirius, but the Amazons, the Googles, the Facebooks, that there is so much to your point. You you discuss about the data, depending on what data we can get and when is how we're going to go the direction of what our next initiatives are going to be. And just to talk about yesterday, I apologize. I was in a meeting, so I don't know if we discussed Facebook and their audio yesterday. Everyone sort of going crazy are they going to take over clubhouse and things like that but i see more of a spotify a serious those platforms if anyone versus a facebook because they're the ones that are the huge players in the audio game right now i mean so i'm not sure how a facebook would necessarily maybe they have a user base but i'm not sure how they would take over when you have experts in this industry who are working on this audio on the back end so i just think it's going to be interesting to see how this stuff sort of pans out and the directions we all go because again we're starting to go a different direction um so it's going to be interesting indeed i so think Tyler, that's really interesting hey if somebody on stage has ame blocked uh i don't i don't care who it is but if someone on stage has ame blocked please unblock her she's one of our regulars in here and she's not able to get in and i have people dming me asking why she can't get in so if you're on stage and you have ame blocked Please unblock her now. Thank you. Thanks, Michael. Some, there was, yeah, it doesn't hold on, Kieran. On stage, there was a lady on stage. Go ahead first. Elle? Oh, no. I was just saying that um, it doesn't matter if you're on stage or in the crowd. If someone in the crowd has her blocked, then she won't be able to get in. And that's immature. So you're blocking everybody else's experience. No, I think it's just on stage. Yeah, it's fine. But, uh, if yeah, some, and, and was there, an, was there on another on lady on stage trying to speak? No, it was just okay. Kieran, go ahead. So Tyler, I just shared. A, I just shared an article with you. Um, so the headline is, is quite. Um, I think it's appropriate. It's a podcaster turned tech investor raising 140 million fund. Uh, so basically, um, um, so the reason. I mean, the investors are you know uh, early investors in TikTok uh, uh, and uh, Spotify. Um, so the the reason is you know we're seeing the uh, you know rise of uh, if you look at these VCs finding it very difficult to get into. Oh Harry. Forest, uh, oh yeah. You know, yeah. Harry Stebbings. So quite an interesting. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I just yeah, retweeted it. Yeah. So Harry Stebbings is uh he started at well he he first got on the radar of most geeks when he joined Atomico at the tender age of 20 which is quite uh, um, unbelievable. Atomico is one of the best VC firms. Yeah, in the very 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 top VC firms in Europe by the way. Um led by Nicholas Zenstrom who I can't speak highly enough about from Sweden by the way. Started by two Swedes who moved to London, Matthias and and Nicholas who by the way he started Skype and um so Nick, after doing Skype, so what's, hold on. So Harry so what's joined Atomico at the age of 20, then left to do his own thing, started a podcast that he calls the 20 Minute VC, which has become wildly popular. And now the headline is that podcaster turned tech investor, which by the way, it's backwards. He was a tech investor who became a podcaster and then more recently went back to tech investing, has raised a new $140 million fund. Harry Stebbing secures investment from MIT and Rothschild's backed RIT Capital. Congrats to Harry. Uh, and now he's his own, got his own fund. Congrats to him. 
So what's interesting, uh, Tyler, is that, you know, when you look at the next, so one of the, the comments is that when you look at the next 10 years, you're going to see this bifurcation of where the media and venture colliding, all right? So we saw that with Andre, you know, uh, Anderson uh, Horowitz. Uh, so, you know, he, how he is building his own content platform, you know, allowing them to, you know, bypass the traditional media, um, you know, uh, to attract entrepreneurs and reaching out to them directly. So I think this is going to be a battleground, I think, you know. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's an interesting uh, well, there was, space going into the third There's year. another article of Spotify's in the news again, for another reason today, they just acquired another very high-profile podcaster, uh, like they did Joe Rogan for a reported $100 million. Now it's reported that they have acquired um, Alexandra Cooper uh, of a podcast called Call Her Daddy uh, for $60 million. So it says Spotify Inc.'s executive deal with Call Her Daddy podcaster. Alex Cooper's Call Her Daddy podcast goes <laughs> exclusive to Spotify starting July 1st and is reportedly netting a cool $60 million for this Spotify deal. Now, what will be Damn. what will be very and just to give you an idea of how podcasts are now big business. And the, the previous article about Harry Stebbings is a great example. He really expanded his reach uh, as a result of the 20 minute VC podcast. And no doubt that played a significant role in his ability to raise that $140 million fund to be an investor. And uh, at the age of 24, no less, I mean, he, he's truly brilliant uh, and swings by Stockholm from time to time where we've, we've had the chance to hang out. But um, this other podcaster who just netted $60 million uh, for uh, Alexandra Cooper for her Call Me Daddy podcast, this is, uh, as, as far as I'm aware, there's probably others. Oh, well, there was Spotify also acquired the Obama's podcast exclusive for Barack and Michelle Obama when Barack came over for the event that uh, Daniel and my friend Ash organized together called Brilliant Minds, um, where Obama was a guest. But, but I, I mean, ideally, Spotify doesn't want to keep paying for these. That's why they bought Anchor, right? They want to they want to become the Netflix and not have to pay for content. I mean, this is a barstool. This, but call her calling her daddy was this massive podcast from Barstool Sports, which is another sports media startup. Mm -hmm. and, oh, that's a part of know, Barstool? That, yeah. It used to be, and they got into a massive fight with the CEO, and if you're into that stuff, it was uh, oh. all over the page six type, you know. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, is... But if they have to keep paying, you know, it's not sustainable just like Netflix to keep paying for content. They eventually have to create it in-house because podcasts that the, the the catalog of podcasts isn't as monetizable as music music last right uh, hang on one second uh but, my, my side chick was trying to talk what's this, up Amanda? yeah I, <laughs> I like the new title thanks um and <laughs> anyway side chick, was, she better be your main chick bro <laughs> <laughs> well somebody's already in that spot unfortunately so That's he's number two chick, bro. um but but yeah get, get Getting back on topic, that's exactly how we're competing, though. But one thing I wanted to say is notice how today, though, Spotify or us, SiriusXM, now we're in the media for what podcasts we're putting out there, not for what artists, what podcasts. And so it's very interesting how, again, the music and how streaming, we're kind of going a different direction. Podcasting and audio is the hot thing. It's like music. I don't want to say it's out the door, but it's becoming on the back burner. Now we're kind of fighting over podcasting. So I think that's uh, something else interesting. Uh, my I was just looking at the statistics mm -hmm. of, um, of podcasting and trying to figure out exactly how these platforms are going to uh, work through the um like what audiences they're going to attract because we've seen this sort of uh, weird um, uh, uh, separation of people who are going into like Twitter spaces and then there's Facebook that's doing it, you know, clubhouse, they're attracting very different um, demographics, but 
So I'm not sure how um, how some of these are actually going to really work, given the current statistics. So what they have is like 55 percent of U.S. consumers over 12 listen to podcasts. Um, most are women over, like around around. I'm sorry, most are men um, It's close to 60 percent men. And um, and the number like this is what's interesting is the age. So uh, 49 percent are 12 to 34 um, and 22 percent are over 55. So. Um, Facebook's demographic is increasingly older and fringe. So what I see happening there is basically InfoWars revisited. That's kind of what where their audio, I think, is going to find their biggest audience. I don't think that's great, but I think that's probably what's going to happen. Um, in Spotify, their demographics are directly in, in line with what podcasting demographics are. So I expect to see like a large number of uh, the general topic, especially like uh, male-driven um, uh, podcasts. And then, um, and then if there are other, uh, as other podcasting, um, apps start forming and branching out, I think it's going to be interesting to see where the virality comes from, because, um, what we're seeing now is everybody's so in their bubbles that they're basically, um, like only staying within their own select ecosystem. I don't know that we're going to have a lot of cross pollination in these different platforms of people who are going from one platform to another. I think they're mostly going to start sort of find their tribe within a particular platform and stay there. I agree with you, Alexander. That's just what I was thinking this morning. Yeah, so there is a bit of tribalism for sure. Jesse? Well, no, it just also ties into the advertising thing. I mean, just one thing to add on the advertising. One big downside to having a, a no-ad subscription model is, the, is that basically the rich people pay, and then they, they get taken out of your advertising. Then the premium brands don't want to advertise. You can create a really bad negative feedback loop, which is why a lot of times they'd rather just learn what the rich people are buying. And maybe you pay for less ads or you pay for premium content or something, it's, but you incentivize up because if you, if you start pulling out the top, the top end, uh, you know, purchasers, uh, it, it's bad for your advertising. Revenue. Yeah. By the way, Facts. somebody just uh, tweet uh, DM'd me. Uh, we got this new tweet now that I just retweeted from the tech news, Twitter account. It, and here's the tweet. I'm reading it. it. You'll see it from the tech news, Twitter account at TNATW. It says, <laughs> It's here, TikTok ads in-app shopping, and you can see the U.S. TikTok shopping of a TikTok dancer dancing, and you can now click on the shit and buy it. There's a buy now button uh, with the price and a little shopping cart built into TikTok in the U.S. It's now live. Uh, look at the tech. So you buy the dancer? You buy yeah, the yeah, dancer? yeah, you can buy it for, on the hour. You can pay apparently by the hour to buy this dancer to come over and dance in your living room or something like, like that. Stripper? Tyler, so, that's actually, they, they were doing that with, so basically, because they were already doing that with like ads, but so now they're just turning every video into an ad. Basically, yeah, but the influencer who's doing the crazy dances gets a commission. If you, a commission. If you buy their shoes or their shorts or whatever product they're hawking mm. as part of their dance, to see it, mm. it, look at it. It looks like it's very cool. I just looked at yeah, it. Yeah, just look at it. 
Uh, super. Thank I'm embarrassed to ask this. Is that person really? Are you, were you serious about that person? Actually, you could hire. No, them? no, that, yeah, that was a joke. No, you. <laughs> no, I, Did I, I missed that. Kidding. What happened? Yeah, yeah. There? I was Sorry, no, I was it's just that was that's what we call wishful okay. thinking. No, that you can you can buy the products that uh, they are wearing, not actually. But Tyler, I think that's called that's called OnlyFans. Yeah, that's OnlyFans. Um, yeah. yeah, OnlyFans. <laughs> uh, and that, that's a whole other bo- booming part of the web. Wait till we get to VR with OnlyFans. Oh boy. That's going to get a little crazy. Tyler, I tweeted you something okay. about um, the researchers uh, being able to take uh, still images and uh, making them move. It's uh, part of the deep fake, but for some reason it's not appearing on the page. So I don't know what's going on. That's weird. It's like it's being blocked. Yeah, I, I tagged you directly in it. So uh, yeah, it was about make the creation of deep fake videos. But okay. I guess it's not. I'll, I'll keep an eye out for it. Faraz just shared a really interesting one. GM, General Motors deepens its EV bets again, which is purely ironic for those who have been following the EV developments for the past since the beginning when they launched what was called the EV1. And there was a movie called Who Killed the Electric Car? Who Killed the Electric Car? And GM... I love that movie. GM killed the electric car, and they they took the cars out of the owner's hands, literally prying them out of their driveways, out of their garages, against their will. In fact, the owners of these cars held candlelight virgils and memorial services for the death of their beloved cars that got sent to the junkyards against their will. I repeat, against their will, GM uh, reapprehended these cars and sent them mysteriously to a junkyard to be crushed. This is why I keep telling people that billionaires, especially visionaries, are super important because the only reason we have electronic electric cars today is because one person was able to just do whatever the fuck he wanted without people Correct. being able to jump in and do and shit And he like was that. told, you're not, you're not going to succeed. You are going to fail. And people correctly, rightfully, understandably made that argument based on who killed the electric car because it was assumed, why is GM uh, selling cars? then ripping the cars out of the hands of the very happy owners and crushing them. Clearly, there must be some weird government, you know, crazy UFO bullshit involved. And so when Elon Musk is like, I'm going to start doing electric cars, people are like, you're fucking crazy, boy. Don't you know what happened to those EV1s? And he said, yeah, well, I'm going to do it anyways. And that's why Michael's right. No one had the crazy uh, gumption. Uh, to go and try and do this because it was assumed there's, you know, the deep state or the Illuminati or the Freemasons or somebody are going to come and take these cars and take them off to the junkyard. It's really wild. And the fact that GM is now back in the EV game uh, is a true, truly the most ironic headline I've seen in quite a while. Isn't that a they fucking trip? Trip? You know what it is, if I may? If I may? Yeah. There's, um, so if you recall, there was an earlier discussion around this a couple of weeks ago, I think, G- when GM had won the contract uh, for uh, a particular state in the Middle East to launch their autonomous vehicles with the Roads and Transport Authority. Um, and this was on open roads. I mean, I'm not talking about, for example, something like the Autobahn. And there was other gentlemen in here that were clearly not agreeing with autonomous vehicles and their potential for, you know, uh, non non-smart cities to be able to use autonomous vehicles. Now, the interesting part is that that particular state has has the most number of Teslas in the world operating in it. 
and Tesla has their own autonomous vehicles and every other electric vehicle is working from what I know on autonomous vehicles. GM's cruise is the one that's been picked. And and then GM's autonomous vehicles are the ones that's being picked. And from the figures that I know, GM is the one that's spending the most amount of money to make autonomous vehicles at this at this current um, moment. Yeah. So from what it looks like, GM is the biggest mover in this space, trying to get into autonomous and the particular states that they're focused on is Middle East in particular. I'll stop there. Yeah. And I think it's probably because big oil has figured out how to get at the hydrogen. So, I mean, remember, there's always like in uh, the thing I've learned here in Clubhouse. And it's you've always, hit the nail in the head, Chris. It, it's you've hit it's the like nail Southern in the California. Vision 2030. Southern, yeah. The, the subways in Southern California got ruined by the tire companies. Right. I, I, I'm sorry. I'm not fully describing that because it got taught, you know, relayed to me. But it's this it's this vested interest. So I think oil companies have figured out how to get to the hydrogen because oh. oil has more hydrogen than anything. Hello. There we go. So, so the sovereign wealth funds, the sovereign wealth funds out of the Middle East, if you look, if you just look through headlines and just Google them, the sovereign wealth funds out of the Middle East are making some of the largest investments in, in, in hydrogen-related, um, I think there's blue-green, forgive my ignorance, blue and green hydrogen, blue hydrogen investments, green hydrogen investments, all, all sorts of hydrogen investments, all sorts of green investments, Major green investments are coming out of sovereign, uh, sovereign wealth funds for Vision 2030, um, in line with KSA, in line with UAE, for and everyone else. If, Guys, if, but you're missing the mis- underlying message, though, here, because Biden announced a uh, $174 billion electric vehicle plan for Michigan, right? And this is a job creation plan. So this, all these comments by GM is basically secondary to that. But Faraz, right. help, help me understand one thing, would you? And you certainly know uh, firsthand the sovereign wealth funds in the Middle East. Um why is that th- that is not that doesn't quite make sense on the surface level uh, and i'm hoping you can help us understand uh the kind of uh counterintuitiveness of this that the middle east which is apparently very rich with oil is so interested in investing in hydrogen and diversifying off of you know their their base which is you know m- you know, oil, essentially. Can you help us understand why are they so interested in hydrogen? Well, because, I mean, you know, oil is one thing. And yes, certain states in the Middle East do make a lot of money from oil, especially if you look at, look at the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia and what it costs them to extract oil. And then the price that, they, I mean, you know, if you look at the analysts that are predicting the price of oil today, they look, they're thinking of crude being at $100 per barrel. And that's fine, but they also understand the value of the future, and they understand that in the there's there's a very high chance that in the future, the hydrogen might be the new oil. So they, <laughs> and and the finest minds, the finest minds in the world, to be very honest, but do respect to every nation, from every nation in the world, be it the West, be it the United States, be it China, be it Australia, be it whatnot, have been hired and brought out here to work with these sovereign wealth funds and help them understand how they can hedge their bets accordingly. Okay. And they're placing their bets. They already have their bets placed because, in oil. And they're because placing their hi- bets in because the oil is hydrogen. Right. Because hydrocarbons are like, like I don't, I, I think like in a hydrocarbon chain, there's probably 20 to 30 hydrogens in Got that it. chain. So once they can rip that hydrogen off the oil, you got decarbonization, <laughs> right? And you have hydrogen that's available because all you have is hydrogen and carbon. If you pull the carbon out of the loop, it's not going into the atmosphere. Mm. They could possibly take that carbon and use that as carbon capture credit. Eh? So I don't know. Yeah, but one, I wish that, that, let me give you another one. Let me give you another one, Tyler. Hydrogen 
fuel cell cars that um, BMW is getting into now. Everyone's They're getting just into it. Toyota. Toyota's really going into it. Yeah. Let but, me give you um, another one. Did you see a major that Honda one. just stopped their um, their hydrogen testing. So, but the what essentially for us to summarize, the Middle East <laughs> wants to be the Middle East of hydrogen. They want to keep bang on. Yeah, got it. Bang on. Thank you for. And, and, and the Middle East includes Israel as well. And I'm sure you know who Talman Marco is, correct? I don't. Talman Marco was the the original founder of Viber. If everyone remembers Viber, yeah, V I B E R, back yeah. in the day, yeah. Right. So he was the original founder of Viber. And then after that, he went silent for a number of years. Guess what he's working on right now in Israel? Oh, he has no shortage of funding for um, Teletubbies. He's working on hydrogen projects. Oh, okay. I wouldn't have guessed and, that. And, he's, and he's, being, he's being backed by Israel. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and he, I was hoping he, for airships, yeah. but... Yeah. He has no need for funding. Trust me. Yeah. No need for funding. Israel is backing the guy 100%. Well, speaking of someone who doesn't need funding, Meseret Mama Warner just tweeted in, uh, uh, somebody just raised a billion uh, at a billion valuation, a new social messaging app, uh, which we all know we need more social messaging apps, right? Uh, it's called IRL. <laughs> Popular with teenagers, messaging app just raised 170 million at over a billion valuation. Welcome to the Unicorn Club. IRL, another social messaging app. I can't wait to download it myself. How about Jeez. you guys? So, well, I'm in real life right now and find out what IRL. the fuck it is. Yep. Good morning, Ahmed. Good morning, Jennifer. Just saw y'all down there. And by the way, Evan just sent in uh, a, a humdinger of an article that I just retweeted as well about iOS. Apple reveals just how far health has come and how much further it can go. Apple VP of technology Kevin Lynch charts a path from Apple Watch's early days to the sophistication of health today. And this really uh, definitely helps confirm you can go ahead and read the article from TechCrunch where it, it dives into what's coming up in the new version of the Apple Watch operating system and the new version of the iPhone operating system. And health plays a very big role as a very substantial upgrade of the and new... Earpods, which I, I wasn't thinking of. Earpods are the new uh, digital health device. How so? Well, because in your ear, there's a lot of data points that are valuable for monitoring health, wellness... Uh, temperature, blood pressure. Oh, interesting. And so future capabilities will be built into your Oh, Jesus. Oh, wait a minute. Pods. Are you saying so, that yeah. these companies are going to start taking more, putting more sensors all up in our ears and taking our temperature and uh, all kinds of sensitive that's data? Sweet, sweet data. Oh, and by the way. We went through this. Hey, hey Tyler, you remember that, Paul? that's where we started, didn't we? This, this entire thing. Yeah, but by the way, with the ear devices, which they, Apple is dominating, by the way, if they start to add... Hearables, yeah, they were. Yeah. yeah, if they continue to add more sensors to the AirPods, which you better believe that's coming, the, they did showcase, did they not, Michael? You will remember one of the most impressive elements of the Apple livestream event was they showed how when you're walking... The way they described it was if you're walking and, you know, they ha they know exactly how you walk such that if you walk even slightly differently, they can warn you many months in advance yep. that you might stumble six months from now. Heyman, you yep. can confirm we saw that together? Yep, right. definitely. So, by the way, as Johan knows, who joins us on stage, they can also uh, identify you based on your walk, your gait, your gait. You have a very specific way that you walk. 
And if someone else steals your phone and puts their phone in, in their pocket, your phone could know that someone else has your phone in their pocket based on the way they are walking is different from the way you walk because they can tell a minuscule change in your walk that you yourself cannot detect, that the phone can detect, that can warn you that your gait has changed in a way you're not even aware of that indicates that you might stumble and your balance might not be as good as it once was because you're aging or whatever. And you might, six months from now, you might actually fall down because your, 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 your gait has changed oh so minusculely and that's how sensitive these sensors are in these devices so you can imagine they could do the same in the airpods where they have you know different sensors that could detect minuscule things that we cannot detect and that's it's yeah it, it's not how sensitive the sensors are it's just the combination of machine learning too right because these sensors give us some basic data points that are combined together and with a comparison to a normal population that they've actually they've collected all this data so now it's, they could actually say this is most likely to represent. It's not clearly or definitively, but it's clear, more or less most likely. But what's interesting about that, though, Tyler and Heyman, is that, um, in my opinion, anyways, we were talking earlier about the <laughs> and it's so funny because you guys, you guys were really killing me over here. It was such a fucking buzzkill in here earlier. You guys were like all this dark shit they're doing with data and the you know they're out to get you and da 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 and i was really gloomy and then we rebranded it for a second and i was happy again and um <laughs> just like that and just now as we're talking about this and we're talking about how they can monitor this and they can tell you six months out my so one of my grandmothers just died a couple days uh two days oh, ago shit, sorry. And i'm sorry to hear was, that oh it's uh, no, no it's it's all good i i've I processed um we knew it was coming she lived a wild ass life she was nuts but um, did apple warn you but, uh, she was gonna die though and that's what i was about to Ooh. say is that with airpods and with all these different monitors and things is literally as you guys were saying that i was like man if if, if grams was having that six months ago i wonder if we would have been able to know like almost to the to the t when it would well, happen that's it, but, but michael hang on that's a, that's the... that's the new subscription service it's called your grandma's gonna die it's 9.95 a month well it could but that's the thing it could be. It, but you know well first of all you know apple wouldn't other people would probably do that apple would include that just because people like me would go nuts over something like that but i'm i'm but i'm thinking about that though and it's like she went to the hospital and we knew generally that she was going to die within a week and a half. Um, any, any, you know, any day now was the word, but if they could get that down to a more specific date, I mean, that's information that I'm sure many, many, many Na people would want. I don't know if the arena's here, but NASA's doing a lot of that. They have what they call a digital twin. And it's a, it's basically a high fidelity simulation of you that can run six six months, a year, years ahead of you and warn you like, hey, when you started smoking at this age, this actually, you know, did this to you. Stop smoking now and you're going to wow. do Wow. So, Florina is in here. Coming. Florina, can you, really can you, can you, you fill us in on that? Grandma's going to die at like yeah, app. Exactly. Like, grandma, grandma, exactly. wait, put these in your ears. <laughs> wait, what do you No, no, no. Really it's about? When you're gonna die. Hang on. Can I just say two seconds? Two seconds, Mike? Go ahead, One, uh, two. First of all, First of all, my condolences. Secondly... If you think about that app, and forgive me for making an example of this, brother, but I really must because you no, should no, use this from the opposite side. Okay? Imagine if you had that app, all right? Mm -hmm. And that app told you, Grandma has two days. And you right. take her to that hospital, and that app is connected to the world's best hospitals, the best data systems, et cetera, et cetera. And they've already calculated through some algorithm the chances of Grandma surviving. Mm -hmm. Okay, and an algorithm is going to decide whether she gets to 
get taken care of by the hospital? Would you want an algorithm deciding that, or would you want you deciding that? Well, here's well, the thing. And hence, hang on. And hence, hang on. The hospital says, Mike, sorry, we're not going to take care of her because the algorithm suggests that the chances of us spending money on your grandma are really not worth it. So here's the thing. Let me give you a clarification of what happens now, though, right? Even now, if you go to the hospital and you're relying on one clinician or two clinicians to make that decision too, right? They're the ones who actually base it on their own experience and say to you, you know what? Typically, the patients I see who come in with these kind of conditions tend to live only so long. But imagine Coming from a GP sounds like better, brother. Sorry? Coming from a doctor is much better. No, it is. I, no, I don't hold know on, why. I'd rather I hear said. it from Heyman. I'd, I'd rather hear it from Heyman than from a brother. Not, bloody algorithm. No, no, no. But what I'm trying to say for us is that it depends, right? What if I'm? If you don't meet the Heyman at the emergency room? Heyman, why what are you trying you to kill my blood? grandma, Heyman? I'm well, going. Hang on, hang What's on up, one bro? Second, because here, just but as, what I'm just trying to say, can, we, can like, we get group... Michael to, to respond <laughs> to Faraz? <laughs> yeah, yeah, let me let me go let me go ahead and respond to Faraz. But also, yeah, Heyman, I, do wanna, I do want to finish hearing your Michael. point, though, Heyman, before I respond to him real quick. What what was your point? The point is that you you want this group, like all this evidence, to come from all around because I think if you don't want to rely on one clinician, right? Even though if the what if the clinician's not the best and they've only seen uh, like what if they're having a bad day, right? And they say, you know what, grandma, she's going to die. Sorry, guys. Or I what agree if, like, with you on that point. I yeah. agree with you. And so, so, you want so, that so to answer, right. I get well, what you're trying care. to say, Heyman. And to answer yeah, your question, what do you, what do you, what do you, what do you call yeah, a doctor? Who can hey, hang, on, hang on a second, Evan. Hey, Evan, Evan hang, hang on one second, Evan. Let me go ahead and answer this really quick. And then, and then you guys can all kind of jump in there. But to answer the question for us directly, um, and, and, Thinking of, and I'm I'm really really thinking of Grandma Joe right now because I want to put myself in that position and give it to you as you know this is real a real data point that we can actually use for later. Um, I would still want that data, um, and the reason I would want that data is because at the end of the day, I don't think that when it comes down to it right now, uh, an Apple Watch monitor or AirPod monitor is going to be sufficient enough data that they would use that to say that she can't get any kind of help or any of that kind of stuff like we're not at that point or even close to it where that data is precise enough it can give us a general idea and i was talking more along the lines of if i'm a family member for example to your point for us i'm i live in los angeles i'm the only person in my family in los angeles the rest of my family is in florida and in michigan and in uh atlanta and new york and maine so i'm in los angeles and if if i find out because of her apple watch that she only has a couple weeks to live, that gives me an opportunity to fly back to the East Coast and see her before she passes. Exactly. That may not have been there before. So whether or not, the you know, all the, the doctor stuff and all that, I get that. But just on a personal level, as a human being who wants to see his fucking grandma before she passes, yeah. it would have been, been nice to just have a heads up that that, that was around the corner. Here's so, another so thing, you, though, is the just, last... Just, the please last please just of- let me finish. I apologize. Sure. Please just let me finish. Mike, so that's the positive side. You get to get there, but it's going to get to a point where the data makes the decision. The doctor will not say to you, Mike, your hair, lovely. The data gave you the decision to be here. And the doctor says, Mike, there's two days left. We can still take care of her. Would you like for her to take those two days? Or should do you want to take her home? Instead, the data says you've got to take her home. 
That's I will leave that. I will leave that. Well, here's the thing. I will leave that up to Grams if she wants to. If she like that's that's in her hands. Like that's not that's exactly. But now the dad life. is telling like, you. She wants now to the do dad that, is then... telling you go home. Now the dad is telling you the alcohol is telling you no way. She, the house, but that's not. But so here's what I'm telling you though, Faraz, is at the end of the day, and this is and you know how much I love Apple. You know how much I love technology. But at the end of the day, all this shit is just fucking tools. Like yep. we're human beings. Like at the end of the day, that's all tools. Okay. Like all of. But all what if you can? But what if you? What if you can have grandma or the new Apple VR headset? Oh, bro, you you already know, Tyler. You because <laughs> you already know. You already know. I'll do a whole fucking. I'll do a whole fucking room about. See you later, life. Grandma. It's been real, Grandma. One last hug, baby. Bring it in. Bring it in tight, Grandma. And, and so one other thing. One other thing, Florina. Could you could you tell us a little more about that thing that uh, that Chris was talking about? I have no idea what you're talking about, but if I can make a quick point and just say that this data could be. Um, it, it sounds like th- there should not be an assumption that the data is infallible. And I know this because I have for several years lived with and took care of folks who are very close to me who are stage four cancer. And the data shared, the data showed that at that stage, they only had maybe two to three months to live because I turned around Thank their you. diet. I Thank turned you. around their lifestyle. They lived for more than a year under my care. So I so the data is not infallible, and to Heyman's point, clinicians are not infallible. But what you want is as much data to, in order to exactly order to make an educated yep. decision. Exactly, and I 100% agree with that. And that's what my point was, which is that this is all at the end of the day, it's all fucking technology meant to just give us more data. But we're human beings, and we have to make these decisions. My dad had cancer. My mom had cancer. My sister had cancer. All of them are alive and well, and and, and, and cancer's gone. And it's like, you know, certain things. It's my sister had to have a breast removed and, and, and rebuilt and all these types of things. Like, at the end of the day, we're human beings, and you have to make these these decisions, and they're very difficult, the decisions. But data is just data. It's supposed to be there just as more information for us to come to better understanding of where we're at what likelihoods are of things happening. And then we just make decisions as individuals. And, and when, we, when we're blessed with the opportunity as families. And uh, Chris, I know you said that NASA had something. Florina said she didn't know what that is, but I, I would love to know more about that if you could send me the article, Chris. And sure, way, yeah, there's a guy Michael... named Omar in here who's like, uh, I guess he used to be the chief or technology officer of NASA. And that's where I heard it. I'll, I'll get that info over to you, Mike. Sorry to I jump over. One I'd love to oh, see that data yeah. that might be useful, though, is that um, the so in the U.S. For those of you who are not in the U.S., the U.S. has terrible, terrible, terrible t- um, healthcare uh, insurance, and and the way that we pay for healthcare is is awful. Um, but the one uh, the one thing that studies show is that the last month of care is by far the most expensive month, and of True. that, the last week of care tends to be the most expensive of that. If you knew that the end was very near and you had the opportunity to say, well, should we just do hospice or should we do all intervention? And to Heyman and, and everyone else's point that, you know, it's just it's just information that you would know, like, well, is it more likely or less likely, given all the information you have, that this person will survive it to to not have to declare medical bankruptcy in the U.S., which is a thing. It's the number one cause of bankruptcy. Um, would actually be something that I think would be useful. It sounds super harsh, but like if it were me and my kids had to go through this idea of whether or not, you know, we should spend, do everything intended 
for that last week or whatever, but the odds were likely that I wouldn't even survive it. I would never want Alexandra. them to go into debt or, or like yeah. have a financial. You know capacity. what's amazing? You're bringing up. You just put a one a wild idea in my head, which is you're right. People are willing to pay thousands and tens of thousands, maybe even hundreds of thousands of dollars to keep a loved one alive in a hospital for an extra week, right? And that's not prime living on the beach, jumping up and down dance floor, celebrating on the yacht, popping bottles, life. That's laying in the bed in a hospital for one extra week. And we're valuing that at, you know, whatever we have, right? It's invaluable. You know, people are going bankrupt over it. And it makes you realize that today or this week as a healthy week when you can be popping bottles on the boat that this week that we have is absolutely priceless but we don't fundamentally understand that until we're in the hospital on the bed and it's time to write the check to keep grandma alive for one more week and it's like why can't we realize that each day that we have is you know worth everything we have it's amazing what an amazing point deathbed wishes and then also and then also systemic racism in healthcare, as well as uh, the systemic racism, racism that uh, is basically the foundation of which medical knowledge is built off of. If you even scratch the surface of that subject, yeah. you will understand it's heavy. that because Michael is black yeah. and his family is black, his outcomes data is the outcomes data is grim. But that may not necessarily paint an accurate picture as to the state of grandma of Michael's grandma's health. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's here's a couple. And let me give you an experience from my experience. So in real life, what happens is people who are most educated or the ones who know the system would come to you, if, especially families. And that tends to be, as you know, not most of Michael's uh, ilk, right? Unfortunately. And they're the ones who actually don't get all that information about the end of life and what their options are and which, like, what could they take the per- of their loved one to. Oftentimes, these the ones who actually push and advocate for their loved ones are the ones with the knowledge of the system. And they know that and they push the physicians, they push the medical teams to keep the person going on. Right. And they ask for all the services to be put in place and everything else. Even if we tell them, look, it's going to be futile. This person's going to suffer. And, uh, you know, but they won't listen. They want everything done. The ones who don't ask us all that questions are some of the most gentle people who don't push us. And uh, when I say also they are not the most educated as well, I, I don't mean to stereotype, but they're the ones who are most uh, like most glad that their loved one got some service. But like even there, I advocate for whatever is best for them, right? Best for their loved one. But the thing is, we have to realize that information is power. So imagine if all the people knew about what their options were, it would be immense. And to Tyler's point, what if, like we know, like and to Alexander's point, you know, the end of life is the most expensive part, right? And it's because of the people who don't have living wills or advanced directives. That's why we get into these problems. And so what if like we give them a bonus saying, look, you only have a few months to live. Would you like to spend the next million dollars of our healthcare budget on you being helping you like living in ICU or something? Or would you like to go and travel around the world? Imagine that. Or you'll how, about paying, how about paying for your grandkids' college instead of us yeah. spending this 80 grand right now? Yeah, on, uh, the whole point is just giving you options. How about just not going one. into college because it costs too much, too? <laughs> there's, there's another <laughs> no, element. can't afford that shit either. Well, another talk. big gap <laughs> is that, that hospitals, as a consumer or a, a potential patient or an advocate for someone um, who is a patient that you love, Unfortunately, the, the hospital outcomes data is quite shrouded. It's very difficult for me to 
to do research around, okay, what surgeon or what, what healthcare system should I bring my mother to in order for her to have a total hysterectomy? And that actually happened. And what I had to resort to was actually going in person to different um, hospitals in my area and talk to their OR team to get the lowdown, the real lowdown on who was good and who was not. And that's unfortunate. Like I actually had to go in person and do that. Most people will not do that. Most people do not have the education uh, or the know-how or initiative to do that. And that needs yeah, to Yeah, they finish. just don't know. You are absolutely right for it. And also before anybody runs off and says tech news is promoting any sort of thing, we're just promoting that you should have options. Not that any which way should go. Every human has the right to have options to figure out what they want to do at whatever stage of their life. So this brings up some questions about Apple and Amazon getting into healthcare. If Apple's going to be gathering all of your data and have all of that information, right? What if they don't tell you that their new AirPods have the ability to do EEGs? And the whole time you've been using these, these products, They've learned about how your brain activity works while you're looking at these things, but they don't tell you that they're collecting that data on you. How powerful do those systems become? Extremely powerful. So now they're going to offer you insurance, right? You're going to get Amazon's health insurance. Those, those companies collecting that data on you. This is why I, I really like it when we talk about the, the personal information that's being collected by these companies. And, and enlightening people as to how powerful they are. The other day we talked about this. What if Apple got into this game and they worked with Epic? Well, what if they decided they were going to work with the insurance companies and they sold your information to the insurance companies? How do you think that would change the marketplace? Yeah, shit changes quick. Check sure. this out. I just got a DM. I, can't, <laughs> I cannot reveal the individual, uh, but he the, the individual says... Um, just as background information, SAP, which is one of the world's biggest tech companies, by the way, out of Germany, is working on improvements to provide uh, SAP customers running SAP systems on AWS to cope with Amazon's blocking of Google's flock, which started this whole conversation. I, and this was just brought up uh, in an internal um, call with 260 plus colleagues. And, um, yeah, anyway, and then, by the way, somebody just DM'd me something quite sweet. Uh, Manisha, who's obviously in the audience, says, Hi, Tyler, I'm a law graduate from India. Your Tech News Around the World Club has helped me understand the tech issues news better. It has renewed my interest as a lawyer to dip myself into tech law and policy. I thought of sending good juju for your effort and good luck. So thank you, Manisha. We all appreciate that. Very uh, much. Yeah. Hey, Tyler. You. It's M.A. That's would you wonderful. Mind... Hey, Tyler and Cal. Would you mind doing me a favor and send me um, that SAP information simply no. because I work with SAP? No, because the individual well, precisely okay, says, find out more information. no, I will not be sending that to anybody precisely because it says further down, um, don't share where you got this from. <laughs> okay, yep. no, no worries. Uh, then I will actually do my own sort of uh, research <laughs> you can do that. Yes. in Waldorf, Germany. Yes. So, um, Tell me, I, no, I just want to, that, that point you just said about that individual, I, I, that's very moving, yep. right? That's what we do this for, right? So I don't want that just to fly by. No, but I mean, we inspire people. And that's the reason why I like being here, because you just, you get such an opportunity to, to help people and, and younger people early in their careers. Uh, isn't that just wonderful? yeah it was lovely I just to that, that point to it's fun to that point cal i we you know when we first started building this it's so funny because i remember 
like literally week one of tech news and it was like me and you guys and then there was like uh ade was still yep. around all the time roy was still around all the time but i remember how you know we had like 50 people in the room and be like oh man it's growing it's growing and i remember like just seeing how different it was versus how what it's become today like i'm i'm really proud of that, the that, work like and efforts your, here. That value system, that value system that we talked about, and that's what brought us together. And what, uh, you know, Tyler had it in day one, which is we're here to help other people, right? Exactly. We're this, And we're here to 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 give, right? Yeah. And there was like a paid forward culture, right? That we, we just like, and, and, and it's just good to remind ourselves. It doesn't matter, you know, how big the freaking room is. It's five people or two people. Your value system's the same, yeah. right? And I just love that just and to, and to anyone that's new in the audience, like we when we tell you that we like how much we appreciate you guys, like we go through all of your profiles. We we pay attention to the things that you guys talk about. We read all the DMs that you send all of us. I promise you um, when we see articles and things that you send, but also just like that, that DM that you just sent. We appreciate those types of things a ton. And we talk about it amongst ourselves in the back channels. So Thank you all really, really. And always, always come up on stage anytime you want to share something. Um, I know a lot of the people that are new hey. here, we love having you guys come up on stage. Raise your hand and come share if you can. And if you don't have the voice yet or you're shy, just go ahead and keep sending us those DMs. So check this out. Hey, Michael, can I, just, can, I jump in, can I jump in and draw a quick, a quick segue across some of this stuff, which is the the tech companies and the ear devices catching yeah. all this data and how, depending on how they're using it. But um. People, I know we don't read those privacy policies, and I don't read them either, but watch how many of them have been updated to catch biometrics yeah. and whether they define biometrics oh. or not. Oh, so yeah. the earpods, you're like, they're not they're not, not telling you they're capturing that data. They they tell you, we're going to capture biometric data such as dot, dot, yep. dot. You're not going to have read that anyway. So already, just so everyone knows, TikTok says that. Um. So TikTok is listening to you, whether they're on or off. Facebook and uh, Messenger, both listening to you if they're on your device, whether they're open or not, they're catching all that biometric device uh, data. So just if you're curious, the malicious thing is an attorney. Juicy. They, they, they're getting <laughs> that juicy, juicy data. Data, data is juicy, juicy data. It's not your time. It's not your resources. It's not your money. It's your data and who you are. So anyway, so the, then there's like you can go down a million rat holes on this, but um. That's where this is also fascinating. Yeah, you're right, though. So, so, Jenny, Jenny, so Jenny, Botox. Yeah. Hold on. So you actually, you actually ignore it knowing that it's happening as a lawyer? Yeah. TikTok just did an update to their terms of service that says specifically that... Um, I muted him, but it's still going. Yeah. Sorry, I muted him. That's weird. Yeah, okay. I'm trying to mute him. Yeah, he's so. he's good. Oh, okay. So, um, but TikTok, there was a headline about two weeks ago that TikTok is updating its privacy policies to include something called face prints and voice prints, which clearly means they're scanning your face and recording your voice and using that. And by the way, uh, Spotify also, you know, is now known that they are planning to use your microphone to listen to everything, the environment around you and your voice to use that data to optimize its recommendation algorithms. And by the way, all uh, Jennifer's a thousand percent correct. Every app is going to now ask in a very sneaky way 
to have access to your camera and your microphone because that there's all kinds of amazing signals that they will be able to use and leverage as part of their AI to include uh, as part of their algorithms to optimize their uh, machine learning and whatnot. So uh, to this point, somebody in, I, I think it was Radeja sent in, and I think I'm pronouncing her name correctly now, which is awesome. Um, Apple struggles <laughs> in push to make healthcare its greatest legacy. Tech giant has envisioned hiring doctors to offer primary care now focused on watch. And this comes in from the Wall Street Journal, and it says, Apple Inc. Chief Executive Tim Cook has said the company's greatest contribution to mankind will be in health. Okay, case closed. We, we can all go home now. We just, it's now been officially recognized by Apple CEO that they're not going to become a health company, everybody. Well done. We figured it out. It's no longer a mystery. They're just coming right out and saying it. So, um, and this, by the way, on the back, that because up until right now, this was actually not really well understood. As Radeja says in my DMs here, the, uh, the reason why Apple's pushing sensors and all is because they have been pushing uh, to open Apple Health Clinics, which we just discovered. And here's the quote. They have been developing this healthcare plan since 2016, uh, which was discovered by the Wall Street Journal. Apple launched a primary care medical project in 2016, five years ago, codenamed Casper. The Wall Street Journal reported, citing documents and people familiar with the plan. Apple planned to offer primary healthcare at its own at its own clinics staffed by Apple-employed doctors, according to people familiar with the plans in 2017, it hired Dr. Sumbul Desai from Stanford University as its vice president of health to run the effort. And now in the Wall Street Journal right here, um, that just came out to a few hours ago, Apple's chief executive officer, Tim Cook, the CEO himself, has said the company's greatest contribution to mankind will be in health. So far, some Apple initiatives Shit. aimed at broadly disrupting the healthcare sector have struggled to gain traction, according to people familiar with them and documents reviewed by the Wall Street Journal. Apple has envisioned an audition's plan for healthcare, offering its own primary care medical service with Apple employee doctors and its own clinics. Uh, to test that and other bold healthcare ideas, it took over clinics that catered to its employees and built a team with scores of clinicians, engineers, and product designers, and others. And we know this because it was revealed, and I think Sid might be able to concede, that Apple team members at Apple, the, the UFO that they have in Cupertino, the Apple building, they have their own very specialized, world-class leading uh, system for their employees, where they clearly are, no doubt, very interested in how that process Tyler. works. Go, Chris. Can we please do a room on this? Uh, there's a guy named Noel Guiana. He's a friend of mine from MedTech, and he's encyclopedic about um, the role of uh, the payers in healthcare, all the different systems. But he's got some facts about Walmart that we would love to get some clarification on because, according to him, he says Walmart's got one of the best healthcare systems in the world. Sorry, I've got an air compressor. No worries. Um, but oh, basically, he says that as a, as a Walmart employee – they will fly you to the world's best uh, centers, depending on what you're dealing with. Right. Um, if you have a heart condition, you're going to Cleveland. If you know you have something else, you're going to Mayo. And what they've discovered is they find the best of the best, and they figure out that they can send you there cheaper than having some local who can't do the job right work on you. So I would but love to no get a question. Here, though, right? That's like management. 
I was yeah, I have a question. Part time. Is, yeah. is that rippling down to the people that are in the stores? Because that was problematic. I believe, a few years I believe ago. so. That's that why I want to know. That, that's why I would get, love yeah, the people. In the I believe so. Yeah. I, that's why I'd love to have Noel because he's the actual person I heard this from. So, so check this yeah, out. Please ping me in next. I in, would like to. In, in this Wall Street Journal article, it goes on to say. Uh, Apple's ambitions, which aren't widely known, have largely stalled as Apple has shifted the focus of its health unit to something it knows very well, selling devices, specifically the Apple Watch, according to people familiar with its strategy, which is, of course, kind of the gateway drug to their sensors, which is going to track so much stuff. But now we're understanding that the AirPods will as well. The new primary care service hasn't gotten off the ground. People familiar with it say a digital health app launched quietly this year, which is in the next version of the Apple iOS that you will be downloading on your phones in the next few weeks, has struggled to keep users engaged, say people familiar with the app and the documents seen by the Wall Street Journal. Some employees have raised questions internally about the integrity of the health data coming from the company's clinics that has been used to support product development, according to people familiar with the concerns and the documents. An Apple spokesman said data integrity is the foundation for all of the company's innovations. He pointed to the accomplishments of its health team and said that the company is still in the early innings of its work in healthcare, adding that the new technology, such as health rate notifications, heart rate notifications in products like the Apple Watch have improved users' health. He said data gathered by Apple devices is enabling new research that has potential to improve care. But the real humdinger of a headline, and I, I dare say this is the biggest news of the week, is Apple CEO Tim Cook in the Wall Street Journal just now, breaking news, says... Uh, that the company's greatest contribution to mankind will be in health. There you go. Apple is a health. Hey, Tyler. Go ahead. If, if you go back, yeah. if you go, this is, so check this out. This is fucking nuts, actually. You, you know, I'm pretty, uh, I'm pretty encyclopedic when it comes to the Apple events. Yep. If you go back to, to 2016, to that very first Apple Watch uh, unveiling, you would have saw this coming. They announced basically the exact same thing at that event. People, I don't think it was news then because it was so surrounded, uh, like so focused on the watch. Nobody had seen it up to that it's, point. It's like, they, it's, like been, it's like how you got slammed with digital. Yeah, like, exactly. You know, the band signing these deals like, hey, man, I'll sign this million dollar record deal. I'll take it was this crazy. super high cut. Also, Chris, um, we need to we need to get lunch this weekend if you're free. Um, but it, it was crazy. It's crazy, Tyler, because if you go back, they were working on the Apple Watch for literally three years before that actual event. And when they came up, when they had the event, I remember they they introduced the there were like one hundred and thirty. They made a specific website like they always do that showed all the different clinics and doctors and the different uh, prestigious people that they they were thousands and thousands of hours of data that they were working with um, these different uh, companies and whatnot to figure out how best to use the Apple Watch. And, and, and you know how, Tyler, you know how they always make those really awesome ads that kind of show yeah. you theoretically how something can be used? Yeah. They did the same thing with the Apple Watch at the time. And all this shit we're talking about that's going to happen yeah. was in that fucking ad that they showed during the event. I remember watching that event, that what if ad, and I was just like, holy shit, this is Apple's in game. They, they, they laid tracks down so far. I mean, mm -hmm. think about it. Like Siri was actually, you know, powered by virtual visual voicemail. You have all these voicemails that people are getting millions of them. 
and they were doing the transcription uh, of audio mm-hmm. and voice, right? So they had that baseline. So, so Apple's been gathering data for, for on, on millions, hundreds of millions of people, longitudinal data for a long time. I mean, when the Apple Watch first came out, people were thinking it was already going to do blu- glucose and that it was already going to do blood pressure and it was already going to do. They said uh, so much. They said as much right? in that uh, in that video they made. They said as much like they very much told us like the plot points of like, that's where it's going. That's where it's heading. These are the things we're eventually going to be able to do. And these are the different prestigious doctors and whatnot around the world and teams of people we are bringing into Apple to work on it to make that happen. Like they, this, this isn't a spur of the moment thing. Like this, this has been the plan since day one. Tim saying it out loud. Yeah. That's it's huge. That's pretty crazy. And, and, but and, and it's Asif, plan. I don't know if Asif is here, but he, uh, you know, he said that Tim, I'm sorry, Steve Jobs, you know, was um, obsessed with health obviously yeah and yep. so like you know this had to be spurned by by steve himself a long time ago he had to say hey look guys you know i love that oh, we for can, sure uh, i love that we can make cat videos and make an app that does farts <laughs> because that was what they were doing back then. hang on right? chris but we got to leave so, an impact. wait wait chris what what if what if they froze steve jobs and they bring him back on stage to reannounce they've cured cancer <laughs> And the AR, would that, the would that not be the best Apple keynote of all and time? And it's available, and it's available for free without a subscription. No, no, no. No, 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 Chris. Let's do a hologram. No, no. They're doing live. No, even be- he's coming back in the damn flesh, y'all, and he's going to do one more thing, one last time. <laughs> he's going to drop the mother of all technology. If you Apple guys saw the documentary technology. called General Magic, they actually went over this. Um, it has Alan Key. I think K. K is his Alan name. Alan K, yeah. They actually talk, everything that you guys are talking about is in that documentary. Yeah. Uh, Steve Jobs is in it, and they talk about all the th- ideas they had. It just, they the people just so weren't great. ready for that type of technology. But yeah, watch General Magic. It's a wonderful so documentary. Heyman, Heyman, just shared a re- Heyman just about. shared a related article from NPR. The headline is, When a Beloved Life Ends, Like Steve Jobs. Virtual hugs can replace human touch. It's a really moving article that we just shared from the Tech News Twitter account at TNATW. You can do your own deep dive on that. Uh, someone else just shared. Where's Victoria? Uh, another really. Can I share? An, uh, another. I speaking her. of VR, uh, I believe JT just shared this article. Uh, and apparently, Sony is now announced they are coming out with another VR headset, and the PSVR2 reportedly planned for the holiday 2022 launch and end of year escape to new virtual worlds. A new report has suggested that Sony plans to launch the PSVR 2, its successor to the original PlayStation virtual reality headset during the holiday season. And uh, look forward to that. Thank you for that, JT. And by the way, the the Google, well, yeah, I'm just going to read some headlines and then we're going to turn it back to the audience on stage to share headlines. So the, uh, the Google store in New York, where the news broke about two weeks ago, where they showed renderings, there's now a tour of the first Google store in New York, which, by the way, is nearly next door to the Apple store in the Chelsea part of New York. So tomorrow, the first permanent Google retail store opens its doors to the public in a project that the company has been working on since 2016. Uh, since there's only one Google store this, that opens tomorrow in New York City, with the company steadfastly not commenting on whether there will be more, 
Although I can tell you right now there will be in the new San Jose development project that Google's taken over downtown San Jose. You better believe they're going to put a Google store down there as well near the Google campus. Um, and you can now take a tour of the site. And I'm retweeting. And it's a truly beautiful design uh, that you, there's now photos inside the store because it opens tomorrow. And you can get a glimpse by looking at the tweet, again, that JT sent in. Thank you for that, JT. And um, I'll pause because I got a whole bunch of other headlines because somebody's burning to share something. Go ahead. This is Joe. I, I wanted to address the Apple investment in Dexcom, which is related to diabetes. Okay. Um, I find it amazing the technology they use. The Dexcom company itself presents you with a packet that gives you a reader. Um, but Apple has captured that app. So you put a about quarter size prong into your belly. If you're diabetic, it reads every every second on the second. I was unfortunate to inherit uh, pancreas genes, bad pancreas genes. Had my entire pancreas removed because it turned, it died. And it is amazing that I can share the readings with my husband, my two kids, they're on the app. Because sometimes when you're a, a diabetic or you're brittle, you drop or you go high real quick. Well, this, this uh, app that Apple produced lets me know, hey, you're going down, you better get some sugar in you or you're going up. So the interesting part about it is it's good to have your family in, in touch with you, but the doctor is not keeping track of that. So it, it, it's happening, and for my sake, it's been life-saving, but I imagine it can probably co collect more than just my glucose data. Yeah, it's that's that. Welcome to the club. These are the topics we get into deep on a daily basis. Wonderful, amazing. Yep. Um. So there's um five minutes left. Tyler. Yes. Before we hand it over to our friend Ben, who's going to do the uh, Wednesday blockchain news. Ben, are you on stage? Uh, I know we've already read some interesting blockchain related news today. That the Tiger King himself, Joe Exotic is now launching NFTs from behind bars. <laughs> so if you want to be like our friend Joe Exotic and monetize yourself uh, from jail or wherever you happen to be, uh, make sure you join Ben's room, which is starting in just five minutes. It's called the Wednesday Block News. The guy's a conglomerate news. in jail. The guy's a conglomerate. Yeah, he is. But you can get in. If, hey, if Exotic Joe can do it, you can do it. Uh, that's, that's what I'm taking away from that headline. Uh, but Ben... <laughs> Uh, can you give us a teaser on some of the uh, another big headline that might be jumping off in the blockchain newsroom starting in five minutes? Uncle Ben. Donna's Donna's on control. Uncle Ben. Yeah, we're working on the headlines. I, I'll give one um, I haven't given to Ben yet. I don't. It's in the blockchain space. Uh, Fox New Fox has put in a hundred million dollars to create NFTs um, for its programs and characters and otherwise. Stay tuned. Cool. Ooh. Tyler, I had one thing too. I don't know if we covered it. The Airbnb, the security team, where there's all Go these for it. incidents of crime and everything in Airbnbs, especially like in Do it. they're kind of brushing them. Do it. <laughs> Read it. 
Do it, side chick. Yeah. <laughs> so I did tweet it yesterday, so maybe I can retweet it. So the bottom line is at Airbnb, they have this great rep. And so it's kind of like, well, why? But I guess they have a top notch what they call like a security team that basically goes in for PR nightmares and things like that and fixes them and kind of brushes them under the rug. So we never even hear about it as Airbnb users. And so I found that pretty interesting. Um, But the article goes on to really talk about the security team. And as a New York City resident, I find that interesting because I haven't seen it in the headlines really at all. Um, and there's stuff that is happening here with our Airbnb. So I found that kind of fascinating. I'll, I'll retweet And some of the, the anecdotes are pretty terrifying. Yeah, and it's a really interesting point. And it's a PR nightmare task force team because there are – Airbnb uh, loses tremendously economically when they get in the press – for bad shit like you know some house party gone crazy someone gets a goat pregnant or something at you know one of these crazy sex parties <laughs> and then then so they gotta send Are you in, out my they gotta send in I, that could i may or may not have been at that party at your house chris i'm just you know but uh <laughs> they send in the rambo task force when they find out that there's a bunch of goats being sent into a house so which may or may not have been chris's house but um and somebody just in the audience, George, just sent in another awesome DM, by the way. He's watching CNBC Live right now, where they are talking about Clubhouse's new competition from Spotify, but yet the people on CNBC don't seem to fully understand the value add that the Spotify has that we are discussing here in Tech News Around the World. And that's because we're a bunch of smart cookies here at Tech News Around the World, a little smarter than your CNBC types, you know. Them uh, old hands over there at the big mainstream meter don't quite (laughs) seem to really grapple with what exactly is going on in this social media world, if you know what I'm saying. So thank you, George. Yes, we know that we're (laughs) a few years ahead of CNBC on this stuff. You've been on fire from the start to finish today, (laughs) You're completely on fire. He did one of those rich white people bumps. <laughs> uh, so, uh, ben, Ben, uh, who and um, Donna, who are doing the Bitcoin news, they're going to kick that room off in about thirty seconds. And if you want to be like our friend the Tiger King, and you want to get some of that juicy NFT money, you mm. want to get yourself over to that Wednesday blockchain newsroom, which they're going to be starting any minute now, and we're going to jump over there shortly as well. Um, because the, not financial advice. No, no financial advice at all. No, but it, but shit's getting interesting. Um, some of the other biggest headlines that we didn't even touch on today. Uh, Microsoft has. There's a company called Microsoft. You guys ever heard of this thing? They're launching. Are they new? They have an unveil event uh, where they're going to reveal something called Windows 11. Um, and apparently, <laughs> the big update to Windows 11 is sounds, sounds awful. Get this. Rounded corners, folks. You heard it here first. <laughs> They're actually putting Apple-like. Finally, here we are, 2021. We, well done, well done, Microsoft. You did it. What about screensavers? Are we going to get Apple's talking about resurrecting their CEO from the grave? <laughs> and Microsoft managed to put rounded corners. <laughs> Ah, uh, rounded. They finally did it. Well done, Microsoft. You figured it out. You lost all that market share because <laughs> you wouldn't do the rounded corners, and now you're doing it. You did it. You did it, Microsoft. Remember, remember, we need to talk about this next time, Tyler. But remember when they made a phone? Oh my God, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. So did Zoom. You mean the Zoom? I'm listening to this show on the Zoom. Oh my God, the Zoom! Oh my God, Chris. Oh, for those who don't remember, when the MP3 wars were heating up fast and furious, and Cal knows what I'm talking about because he bought Napster, y'all. So Microsoft launched their own MP3 player called the Zoom. Oh, when we were selling Zooms. Oh man! I just got rid of mine. I had mine in a drawer. You have to keep those. They're going to be valuable someday. Oh, man, the Zoom. Tyler, Cal, check your DMs, dudes. Okay. Super expensive paperweights. Yes. Um, <laughs> people are DMing me about Airbnb goats. Uh, so um, I'm checking the DMs. <laughs> the, um, hey, Tyler. Yes. So another thing, I, I think, sorry, I was uh, busy earlier. I think you're talking about the why the Middle East sovereign wealth funds yes. are moving into hydrogen yeah. I think that one of the things that I wanted to raise, sorry, I was just picking up my son, is that, you know, by 2025, so there is about 14.3 trillion asset under management, which is an ESG focused. Uh, by 2025, um, 60% of these uh, total like European mutual funds under, you know, these uh, assets falls under, they will be investing in ESG related. Uh, um, so I think, you know, uh, that's kind of like a, from now to 2025, it's like a 30% annual growth. Um, so it's a huge wallet. Um, uh, so basically, and also uh, recently there was a lot, big survey done um, on the 300 institutional investors and the guys who control this 14.3 trillion, they said that 77% of the people who stopped purchasing non-ESG products, uh, you know, um, so they're thinking of reducing because a lot of pressure from, you know, so I think that's also plays a part. I think with their vision of 2025, you know, they want to track this capital to coming into Middle East, right? Yep. Um, so that could be an interesting, uh, that's, that's a thread that I want to say. Um, yep. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for the clarification there, Kieran. And I'm just looking at this Google tour of this new Google, their version of their first Apple store. It's pretty damn gorgeous and clearly influenced by Apple. Uh, you might want to check it out. We just tweeted it from the Tech News Twitter account at TNATW. Tyler, yes. Is it in the Chelsea market yes. in New York City? I don't know if it's in Chelsea market. It's in Chelsea. But um, yeah, I think it's on. Is it? It's not in their building that they have uh, right right at the water there, which is really beautiful. It is. Well, the Google owns that. Yeah, building. I was just there this past weekend, and I didn't see anything in there. Yep, uh, I would think oh, they're they're keeping it a little. Un- it opens tomorrow, so uh, if you can report back. Um, somebody, I believe, can just tweet. This is a humdinger of a tweet. Holy cow! Hold on to your chairs. We have another highly effective COVID vaccine just breaking out right now based on a totally different tech. Today, a company called Novavax announced that it had completed a large efficacy trial of its COVID-19 vaccine. Yep. And, the, and, and the news was good. The vaccine is highly effective. It blocked severe disease entirely, and it appeared to work against some of the more recently evolved virus variants. Thank God for that. The company I made some money on them this the, morning. The company said it can produce 150 million doses by, per month by the end of the year and that the vaccine is stable when stored with normal refrigeration. That is another huge game changer for the developing world. By yeah, the way. this is huge. I, um, I, 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 I've been working with the NIH since April on the ventilator company that I'm in. And uh, they've been talking about this a long time. And this is awesome. Plus, it's, uh, I think, a Maryland company, too. So. Uh, really good. Huge. Novavax. I'm retweeting. Yep, I, uh, Maryland. Yeah, thank you for sharing that fantastic headline. I, I take it. That's, yeah. it's, um, it's actually one of the uh, old school, like the, not the, the new, um, uh, the, the new form of um, a vaccine that the others were fast tracked. Uh-huh. This is actually the old protein 
um, form of vaccines that they that they do. And so that's why they think it might be more effective. And I think they're looking at making it booster shots for the U.S., which I think you have to get every year. Ah, but it's, it's amazing. Cool. And I'm just Amanda, thank you for your tweet. I'm now retweeting it about the Airbnb goat sex parties that they're having. Um, Did she send you the picture of her Zoom that she has on her laptop? No. <laughs> yes, I have a Zoom. I just got rid of it, actually. <laughs> is, it, is it brown? Do you have the brown Zoom? Oh, yeah. yeah that, what, was there two colors? It, I remember the brown, the like purplish brown. They were the, yeah, I love the brown. Yeah. I want more vomit brown. Yeah. Hey, Tyler, Tyler, yes. just a question. Yeah. Did we cover the China Stem, Stemerna raising $188 million um, to fund their mRNA COVID-19 vaccine? We just did. This was news you, from June you, 4th. You just covered it just now, and we appreciate it. And th- that's a... I'll, 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 I'll tweet out the link. I'll okay. tweet out the link. There you go. Um, that's a good one. Anyone? Any? Uh, oh, there, there's a whole bunch of more. There's now a new zero emission airplane that I'm just tweeting out. It's called WeFlyRight.com. Uh, transforming flights inside and out. Wright is committed to making every flight more efficient and better for the environment. And you can actually see the airplane. It has a kind of a unique design. Um, what else do we got here? Harvey Weinstein is... So they fly in circles. Ah, well, that's one way to do it. We fly right. Yeah. <laughs> they just only make right turns, no left turns. Kind of like FedEx. Um, Facebook Zuckerberg drops off top CEO list at Glassdoor. Uh, I'm sure he'll get over that, um, crying into his pile of billions of dollars. Uh, Veteran Chinese astronaut to lead space station crew maiden flight. The Shenzhou-12 is China's first crewed space flight in nearly five years and will be led. uh, This is their third mission. They are sending a a team up into space Uh, and good for them. And China's Internet watchdog intensifies clap clamp down on chaotic online fan clubs interesting article from south china post that um china's looking out for and, yeah. another, another, thing, another thing could be interesting uh, today is the federal reserve interest rate decision i know that inflation stock market tech stocks all you know plays an important part in this room uh-huh. so it could be interesting uh, in an hour and a half uh, when the fed uh, they might be you know i don't know so it's a language that they're going to be releasing um people are not expecting the rates to hike but given that inflation print to 5%, and the language is very important where they're going to be start tapering all this printing money that we've been talking about. Uh-huh. Right? So if anything, then we might see a dump in stocks. And, you know, let's just, when it comes tomorrow morning, you know, Tesla could be down 10% or 5%, yep. depending on the language. Yep. So that's interesting. Other, other big global macro news. Uh, remember, we reported that China had just uh, announced their birth rate is declining faster than expected. Which, right. which I guess makes sense when you realize they had not released that data as they're supposed to every year. And for two years, they didn't release it. And that was kind of a tell, a little bit of a warning that maybe things weren't heading in the right direction. And <laughs> uh, But now that they've released it, it's um, the cat's out of the bag. Uh, and now the headline coming in is that Singapore also having the slowest population growth since their independence. Um and they are not alone. All of Asia, Japan, China, everybody, all the uh, highly developed countries have rapidly declining birth rates. And you might be wondering, so what? That's good for the planet, right? Well, yeah. Uh, I mean, from uh, from Mother Nature's perspective, that might be a great thing because it, it's, it's incredibly concerning to uh, economists because 
once your uh, population has less young people than old people, you can't pay for all those old people's pensions and shit starts to collapse very quickly. Uh, and that's very, mm -hmm. very concerning for countries. Uh, they start panicking and wars start happening and shit gets crazy very quickly. Uh, just keep a note, keep keep an eye on, on hold, hold, put a pin. And, and Tyler, that's, that's, that's again part of the reason apparently the COVID war started, you know, not, nothing conspiracy here. Just to, if you look at the 80% of the death rate is over 65, 70%, you know, 65 yeah. years old. I think uh, <laughs> that kind of yeah. gives an indication of how much the world is saved versus the money printed. Yeah, put, put a pin in that thought because we will come back to that very often here in Tech News Around the World in, in days to come. Uh, billionaire investor Peter Thiel is backing a new $100 million fund uh, in the Nordics. Uh, to invest in Nordic technology startups. Well, welcome to the party, Peter. Uh, where have you been? Um, uh, I do the biggest tech event in the in Scandinavia each year uh, with thousands of folks. This year we're doing it. It's called the Nordic Tech Tour, and it's going to be a collaboration of Copenhagen, Oslo, Stockholm, and Helsinki, the four Nordic capitals. We have our own cruise ship. It has room for 1,500 folks, investors, and tech VIPs. And we're going to be doing... Uh, speaking events on the boat because we don't need a PA system and microphones no more because we got Clubhouse, y'all. So the speakers will be on stage on the boat, all plugged into Clubhouse with their earbuds in, and you will be able to join in as a virtual audience and maybe even virtual speakers while we have actual speakers sitting on an actual stage with an actual audience, and we will merge the two. It'll be a fun hybrid event. Just a little innovation that came up with folks. I call it hybrid events. Tyler, you should call it the love boat. Hey, Tyler, the there was a, sorry, there was a news that just came out in the tech news in Holland. They just introduced the fastest uh, e-bike that goes up to 28 miles per hour. Nice. Oh, by the way, like you know those little scooters crazy. like uh, the Lime scooters, the Bird scooters, these little, uh, you stand on, it's got two little wheels and you yeah, actually, they're really cool. Like a little French dude with a, you know, with a beret. You know, you can feel all <laughs> <Yes>. fancy. Well, <laughs> the in Michael in in Thailand now, and Lakeisha knows <laughs> what I'm talking about. There are kind of Chinese-made versions of these things that go up to 60 miles per hour, about uh, 90 kilometers That's an per accident hour. Waiting to happen. Yes, but you can drive these on the roads now in very dense. In Bangkok has some of the worst traffic on the planet. It's not alone. There's a lot of cities with a lot of bad traffic. But if you got one of these hot new 60 mile an hour little e-scooters, you can zip right through the middle of that shit like no one does business and get it's a truly new way. I've seen people riding these in Bangkok. It's truly amazing. Yeah, that was the visual that came to mind when you just asked about the scooters, because I see it all the time. Yep. And traffic isn't, I mean, the traffic, of course, is bad, but it's when the traffic is moving and you've got motorbikes and tuk-tuks and cars and scooters. And I'm like, who is this guy that's racing down the street or the soy, maybe with a helmet on and zigzagging through traffic? It's crazy. Yeah. We have them in the city, in New York City. I I'd love to see them go at 60 through the city. <laughs> That'd be something. It's crazy. It's wild. Uh, but they, they're making these incredibly tough versions of these little scooters because cities, if you, if you do the rental programs that are so popular, like the Lime scooters or Bolt scooters, Paris has like 20 different brands. Um, the city forces them to be limited to about uh, 20 kilometers per hour or about, you know, 13 miles per hour for safety reasons, because people are stupid and they're going to fall down and injure themselves, you know. Uh, but if you have your own bike 
then you can juice that sucker up. And those the, the, the expensive ones, you know, they cost 1500 bucks, but they go up to 60 miles an hour. It's a little scooter and the batteries are huge and they last quite a long time. They got a lot of torque um, and they can carry a lot heavier payload as well. But uh, that's an interesting new development. Um, I got God, so many headlines here. Amazon blames social media struggle for struggle with fake reviews. As you may or may not know, Amazon sells a lot of products. It's a website. You buy shit. And there's a, <laughs> there's a lot of fake reviews on Amazon. You may have seen some of these. And so Amazon blames social media for their struggle with these fake reviews. Amazon says sites are now slow to act when warned that fake reviews are becoming solicited on their platforms. And what they mean is Facebook and others, all these other are other platforms out there where the sellers on Amazon are intentionally paying for fake reviews because that's the name of the game in Amazon. The more good reviews you have, the higher you appear in Amazon. And then you appear first when you're selling your shit and you sell more shit because you've got more good reviews. So naturally. And there people are willing to pay a lot for that, Tyler, like yep. upwards of a hundred dollars. Yeah. Um, for if you right. if you're like a, a high-end user, yep. they'll pay a lot. Yes. So I'm tweeting this article out because it's very lengthy from The Guardian. But the point is these platforms where people are promoting and uh, this, you know, the opportunity for these fake reviews, um, Amazon, uh, uh, these platforms are not removing the, the scammers uh, who are asking and paying for fake reviews. And so it's causing Amazon a lot of headaches because it prevents Amazon from doing much about it because they want to nip it in the butt at the source. And the sources, of course, are their competitors. And as it says, while we appreciate that some social media companies have become much faster at responding to address this problem at scale, it is imperative for social media companies to invest adequately, adequately in proactive controls to detect and enforce fake reviews ahead of our reporting them, reporting the issues to them. While Amazon did not, name any specific social network facebook has been repeatedly criticized for failing to clamp down on such activities and so after we enter this is a, this is a one area tyler mm -hmm. blockchain can really eliminate this issue you know blockchain yep. it's uh, it's it's a classic you know fitful uh, situation like this. it says a facebook spokesperson has said fraudulent and deceptive activity is not allowed on our platforms including offering or trading fake reviews our safety and security teams are continually working to help prevent these practices so um but until there's an actual yeah, until there's an actual punishment uh, the beatings will continue go ahead yeah, the thing is that if, if fraudulent behavior on facebook is a real tram of the platform uh, I'm a part of a network where we, during the first uh, six months this year, have found more than 247,000 false ads on Facebook. So, yeah, I can guess where that came from. So here's a big fundraising. Waymo, which is Google's autonomous vehicle network. Uh, Google is one of the three big players that's trying to fight to be the future of autonomous vehicles. And it's a, this is critically important battle that they are in between Amazon, Google, and help me out here, uh, Tesla. And Tesla is doing autonomous cars. Amazon's doing autonomous trucks at the moment, rather secretively still. And Google's trying to do these autonomous cars and autonomous taxis. And why are they so interested in this? And why did they just give $2.5 billion to 
their autonomous car company called Waymo. Well, uh, that's pocket change because they know they're going to make a trillion dollars in the next few years from their autonomous vehicles. So investing $2.5 billion, they are very happy to do it because, and by the way, also participating in that round was one Andreessen Horowitz investing in along with Google in Google's own uh, autonomous cars. Tesla, uh, of course, is, is a publicly traded company. So you can invest in Tesla if you believe that Tesla is going to win the autonomous car race. And you can invest in Amazon publicly. So they are not doing fundraisings like uh, Waymo is because it's a separate subsidiary of Google. But of course, you can invest in Google, but then you'd be investing in a whole bunch of other shit. Never mind that. So back to the point. These three car companies in the U.S. are racing because they understand when we're buying all of our shit on Amazon, as we were just discussing, it's a big website. They sell a lot of shit. And there's a lot of fake reviews, as we just discussed. And there's a lot of fake reviews because people want to, those stores want to sell stuff to you. And when you buy all of that stuff on Amazon, somebody's got to deliver it to you. And in the near future, it will come through these autonomous vehicle networks, AVNs. Uh, autonomous vehicle networks, which Tesla today sells cars. And those cars can be self-driving. They're improving all the time. Every day, every week, every month, they get better and they get updated regularly and they improve the autonomous abilities of these cars. And in the very near future, they will drive them all by them damn self without you even in the car. While you sleep, the car will drive around town making you money while you sleep and watch porn or whatever it is you do in your dirty mind in your own time. So those those cars will be for sure. Yeah, you and your VR porn and you kids with your crazy video games, uh, your cars, for sure. your car is going to be making money for you until such time that Tesla realizes that car is more valuable to them. And why would they sell it to you? Because that car is going to make two hundred thousand a year and you're only willing to pay about a hundred thousand a year. So they're no longer going to sell you that car no more because it's worth more to them than to you. <laughs> And then they have their own autonomous car army driving all over the place, delivering all of these goods and products and services and people who want to go from point A to point B in exchange for your juicy, juicy data. When you call to request that the car, data. that juicy, juicy, mm, juicy data. Juicy and they want data. when you tell that car you want to go to the restaurant A, their neighbor, restaurant B, is going to say, hold on, cowboy. How about we pay for your ride to restaurant B? And now you've got an ad based free delivery system of products and goods and services all around the goddamn town. Amazon wants to lead that game. So does Google. So does Tesla. That's the U.S. In the Europe, it's VW. In China, it's all the big tech companies in China are all simultaneously doing the same. And simultaneous to that, you've got the drone deliveries and more recently, the vertical takeoff and landing battle of drones that carry people. They're called EVTOLs, electric vertical takeoff and landings. They do rooftop to rooftop transportation of people and products and services within a city. And Google. This is nuts. This is, this is crazy. In that race, and we've been showing the photos. We got the damn receipts. We've been tweeting them from the Twitter account. Where have you been? It's called TNATW. That's the Twitter account. Get yourself over there and follow that goddamn Twitter account so you can see all of the receipts we've been showing. <laughs> They've got Virgin Galactus, Virgin Galactic. I'm sorry, Virgin uh, uh, just announced they're a big player in the game. And their vehicle looked stunning, by the way. That was just announced this week. And Hyundai's a big player in that game in Asia. And in the U.S., it's Google yet again being and their team there is called Kitty Hawk. And just like the autonomous cars are called Waymo, the autonomous 
uh, vertical takeoff and landing, and they are autonomous. You're going to get into this drone, and it's going to fly you without a pilot. Because you can't afford a pilot. Damn right. They save a lot of money by not having a pilot. And the and you won't need you won't we need one though. You don't need one. You, who needs a pilot? The drone can fly its damn self. So and and these damn things are going to sit on your roof, right? Yep. And become part of a mesh delivery network. Boom. Where guess what? If you need a package, this drone's going to fly it to your house because it knows you're going somewhere later today. That's going to drop this somewhere else. Efficiency, efficiency, folks. It's called AI, artificial intelligence. Have you heard of it? It's smarter than you are. What is, what is it again? It's called artificial intelligence. Artificial <laughs> intelligence. Room on that. And it's it's going to change the world, Dave. It's coming quick. It's coming fast. And no way. Yes, no I way. I keep coming to this program. And I keep. I swear to God, unreal. Dave. Real. Keep on. Real. Keep coming, baby. You're gonna. You. We got the receipts. Check out the Twitter account. TNATW. AI. 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 Yeah. Say it with me. Um. And then the the other there's so many interesting articles that we honestly don't have time to go through them all. Uh, Spotify today announced their clubhouse competitor called Green Room, and Green Room you can see it by going to the Twitter account. You can get a good get a good glimpse of this sexy beast of a product called Green Room. It's a sexy looking thing, and you'll say, "My God, that looks like Clubhouse." And it does, and it functions like Clubhouse, but it's different because Spotify's got a lot of music celebrities, and those celebrities might be performing songs inside of their Clubhouse rooms with their fans who no doubt will be hanging out in those rooms around the clock talking about all their favorite songs. They might even be playing songs with each other like I can do with you right now in this room, like this. Here's one of my favorite songs by (laughs) one of my favorite bands. And I might ping them in to play their damn song for you in a virtual concert, and I might charge tickets for that, son. Welcome to the future. Today's the best. Thank you for coming out, everybody. We appreciate appreciate y'all. And so uh, Spotify just launched what they call Green Room. And by the way, yesterday, Facebook launched what they call Live audio, I think they're calling it, are they not? And Mark Zuckerberg uh, jumped in there, him own damn self yesterday, to do a little pilot test to see if that thing would crash. <laughs> On Tyler, how come I, terrible I'm noise. gonna date myself here, Tyler? But how come I? This is like um, this is like when people started charging for parties at Keggers. Right? Oh it's my like, god, you know? Chris! <laughs> did we go to high school together, and bro? Sudden, and then someone suddenly realized, yeah, man, if we uh, just had everyone pay five bucks, we could buy like 10 kegs right now. <laughs> shit, dude, that was my whole childhood. Um, and then that's after about your 30th party, you're like, shit, why don't I start buying the kegs? Why do I? No, where's, where's the, where's the, where's the nitrous? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, gee, we must've gone to high, that was my whole high school. Jesus, man, what a flashback. Um, California is just one big, kegger. Uh, one big experience. high school kegger party. <laughs> And by the way, if you grew up on the board at Tijuana, that's when shit got real interesting. <laughs> and you may or may not went We're to still awaiting that story. <laughs> you you may or may not have spent the night in a Tijuana jail, by the way. And if you did, you know what I'm talking about. And you made a pay- that was and, high school. And you may or may not have paid played La Bamba to the uh, sheriff to get you out uh, a few hours early. On your guitar. Yeah, the, the age limit down there L is eighteen, and then they don't they don't even care, even though it's eighteen. Yeah, you yeah, just my parents you, were so strict I couldn't do any of that. You, you stuff. bring you bring what they it call bribe money with you. Like you keep it on your sock and you like, no, don't spend this money in case you like, That's your bail money, son. <laughs> That's your bail money. money. 
So, um, by the way, Cheryl just dropped a humdinger of an article. Apple says it's time to digitize your ID, ready or not. I shit you not. That is the headline of that article. Apple says, "Oh yeah, absolutely." It's time to digitize your ID, ready or not. Drivers, digital drivers licenses have been a slow start in the U.S. so far, but iOS 15 Wallet will give the nascent technology a serious push. If you if you ever scanned a digital boarding pass directly for your, from your phone at an airport security, you can imagine how doing the same with your driver's license would make life a lot easier. Beginning in iOS 15 this fall, Apple will so enable just, just... They're so. working with the TSA, too, so that we can imagine, get through the airports quicker, too. They've been working with the TSA this for scenario, though. Our car what keys, if you're house driving? keys. What if you're driving and the cops know who you are before you even get pulled oh, over, Oh, snap. Right? <laughs> <laughs> they they do. Oh they yeah, do for well. sure, for sure. Actually, they do. I've already implemented that technology. It's called. It's on the on the vehicle. It's called the license plate reader with lidar. Skylar. So yeah, they'll know who so you it's, are. It's gonna be pretty dope using that though, Tyler. We did a uh, we we had a three hour dis- like we had a three hour discussion about this because that's a thing that's been the promise of Apple Wallet since day one. Um, was being able to digitize everything. And so now with the, with the new iOS, you're going to be able to do your house keys, your car keys, your driver's license. They're working on passports right now. They're working uh, with the TSA to get us through the airports quicker. Like it, this, is, this has always been the, the goal for Apple Wallet. And I, for one, can't wait. It's going to be dope. Going to be dope. And I love how much you use the word dope now, by the way. I did that to you. Yep. Uh, let's see. We got some other breaking headlines here. Monica, you had this one from uh, a while back about Twitter may have lost its inter- this, its its protection status in India. You want to jump on that? I, or she, she bailed on us. She went over to the Bitcoin blockchain uh, room. She's here. She's here? Not, yeah, she went to the blockchain is. room. No, she's not yeah, so yeah. this is big news, by the way. Twitter in India got a little squabble going on, folks. And we've been covering this daily for the past couple of weeks. And, and shit's getting real over there for Twitter um, because the government keeps telling them to remove tweets. And you got to have somebody on the ground that we can go hassle if we need to to make them put them tweets back or to remove tweets that we don't like. And Twitter says, yeah, we'll get on it, boss. And they said, no, no, for real, you got to do it quick like. And Twitter said, yeah, OK, we just hired an attorney to do that. And India said, no, no, it needs to be an actual employee of yours, not some hired separate attorney. And Twitter said, OK, sure, we just put up a couple of job posts. And but that was the past two weeks. I just summarized for you very quickly. Literally, that's precisely how it played out. And now the update is Twitter. Uh, India says, guess what? Too late. We saw your job post. We told you you had to get it done last week. You're dragging your heels on this, you lazy SOB. Now you've lost your protection. And now you are responsible <laughs> for anything said on your platform. Meaning, normally, platforms like Twitter and Facebook and Google, if somebody, some there, there's a lot of jackasses on these platforms, believe it or not, who say really stupid shit from time to time. But the platforms are not responsible for what the jackasses say. Right. In America, it's called Section 230, Safe Harbor Clause. And that's why you see idiots on YouTube spouting stupid shit all the time. But YouTube's not responsible for their stupid jackass comments. 
But mm-hmm. India had just told Twitter, guess what, Twitter? You're now responsible for everything everybody says on your platform. Have fun, everybody. I'm sure no one's going to say anything in this country of a billion people that upsets the government anytime soon. It might take, I don't know, five, ten years before somebody says something stupid on Twitter in a country of a billion people. Well, it only took about 32 seconds, and they've already apprehended that individual, and they're already pressing charges against Twitter for people saying stuff on their platform that they are now legally reliable responsible for and so now twitter's in hot water in india and now that now you understand why jack dorsey wants to make a decentralized blockchain twitter because then they won't be responsible for what people say on their platform and they won't be able to remove it and they're going to tell india we can't do anything about it it's on its own blockchain you try and remove it and good luck removing it because it's it's not on any one server system it's not on some data center that you can go to and beat with a baseball bat. It's on tens of thousands of people's computers all around the world. Good luck finding all of them. And that will be a very interesting moment indeed. And that is the ba- that leads to a whole other interesting shitstorm, which is the battle of our era, which is centralized versus decentralized. And who's going to win? And it's not just... Twitter and the social media networks who are dreaming of being decentralized. It's the finance system. And that's the the Bitcoin itself. The creator of Bitcoin, one Satoshi Nakamoto, his dream was a decentralized uh, financial system that was out of the controls of the governments and the banks. Yet, in the since its creation, the governments and the banks have figured out a way to get all up in its ass and control it. So now you can't get into Bitcoin without the government knowing about it. So this battle for decentralized versus centralized is really going to heat up. And clearly Jack Dorsey's on the side of decentralized, which is interesting because he owns a fintech company, which also owns a digital wallet, which accepts Bitcoin. And if he's in favor of decentralized and he's got a Bitcoin wallet, well, now you know why he's tweeting about Nigeria getting into Bitcoin. And what kind of Bitcoin do you think he's in favor of, centralized or decentralized? I'll give you a hint. He's in favor of decentralized because he's already said he wants to decentralize Twitter. So, you know, it's funny because when we did uh, when YouTube and I know you were you were actually weren't you the first monetized video on YouTube? I was. Um, I remember when when uh, YouTube Studio L.A. first opened up back and uh, yeah. And we you remember how they used to do the uh, they used to do the. those like little Google workshops that where we could yes. go in and they would like be kind of teaching us how to use it. Yes. So I remember asking that very question one day, I was like, you know, these, co- the comment sections, there needs to be more, a better way for people to kind of moderate yeah. them because that can really do damage to the mental health. Yep. And they did not want to make, they didn't want more moderation. No. They, they wanted that traffic. Correct. Like that was, that took way precedence over people's mental health. Yep. True. And to highlight a quick little historical footnote point, uh, the startup that Jason and I were doing, uh, Jason, who you can see in my bio, who brought me into Clubhouse, he's at Jason on Twitter and at Jason on Instagram. And we had an investor from Sequoia called Roloff Botha, who was uh, um, also the lead investor in a little company called YouTube, which was also a startup at the time, just starting out competing with a bunch of other similar platforms um, uh, like VO run by a friend of mine, Dimitri Shapiro, who I was just chatting with a couple of days ago, who will likely jump into clubhouse and tech news around the world with us uh, in the, in an upcoming episode. But anyway, YouTube was starting out 
And YouTube had the bright idea about why don't we start paying some of these content creators because like Clubhouse, there's a lot of brands wanting to get up in this game. And Clubhouse has a whole bunch of brands trying to get into Clubhouse and YouTube had a whole bunch of brands wanting to get into YouTube. So the question was, well, who's making good content in Clubhouse that the brands can connect to? And who was making good content in YouTube that the brands could connect with? So YouTube, having us having the same lead investor, Roloff Botha from Sequoia Capital, said, hey, I got an idea, guys, as a startup. Our idea for the startup was kind of burning in a, in a blaze of glory, crashing, and we needed to pivot. So we went into becoming um, a big YouTube video producer and working very directly with YouTube uh, due to our you know, direct connection through Roloff. And uh, they said, hey, do you, we've got all of these brands that want specific content. And they actually wanted like home cooking videos, notably, and makeup tutorial videos and stuff like that. Yeah, sure, we can do that for you. Great, here's some money. And we were that, those were the very first paid monetized videos in the, in the YouTube system. And I personally started in those first videos myself. And it was actually my personal account that we built under the umbrella of our account. And that's just a little uh, Wikipedia footnote fact in, in the, you know, the, the history annals of monetized media. Um, and Jason, coincidentally, uh, who, you know, who I mentioned, also was the first person to put an ad on a blog and he monetized blogs. So Jason has a very long history of monetizing content of different media formats and so he's very familiar with how this format of uh, Clubhouse will eventually monetize. And um, and he brought me into Clubhouse. And uh, it's a whole interesting thing. But um, that's a little footnote for you. So. Hey, Tyler. Yeah. Uh, sorry for background noise. Um, Clubhouse just, I don't know, last few weeks, yeah. a month ago, maybe. Yeah. Hired a head of thought leader partnerships. Yeah. At Clubhouse, okay. who I don't know if you know her. She's a friend of mine okay. from way, way back, 12 years ago, maybe. Huh? Um, but uh, she used to be a head of programming at, at TED. TED. Yeah, I heard about this. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think you're right on with what you're saying and how they're thinking about curating, curating those thought leaders. And so I can already see some sort of like bucketizing yep. <laughs> for less of a yeah. better word. And I, I don't know if I like it or right. not, but I, I just know that this is this is the... This is the road. Yep. This is the road well, here's how it works. They're, they've got brands. It's, the, it's identical to YouTube in this sense, which is the brands come, the brands want to partner up, but they have very specific types of content they want to partner with. And they're asking Clubhouse, do you happen to have a room around, you know, home gardening that we could partner with? Or do you have a room around this or a room around yep. that? And now you know why when they ask Paul, hey, what kind of rooms in the, in the town hall meetings? Hey, Paul, what kind of rooms would you like to see? And he says, oh, I'd like to see a game kind of like a American Idol where you have talent in the room. And why is he saying that? Well, it's because they've got potential partners who are willing to sponsor those rooms. And when they hire somebody yep. like that, because they need somebody to help facilitate and be the matchmaker in the bridge between. And now you understand that the, the creatives um, programs that they have here in Clubhouse, where they're trying to encourage new types of rooms. Um, and they're kind of confusing. Why did they pick those rooms? Well, it's in some part because they've got sponsors who want to sponsor all kinds of different rooms. And they, they don't at the moment have the content that matches what the brands want to partner with. And which YouTube had that same problem as well, because it was all cat videos initially, and the sponsors don't want to sponsor cat videos. 
Yeah, absolutely. You should, uh, you know, think about inviting Kelly to come. Yeah. Like, this would be a really cool oh, conversation totally. to have. You know? Yeah, yeah. And, and I, by the way, I'm incredibly, uh, as if you know, if you come here regularly, uh, encouraging. And that's why we do all of the deep dive, room, deep dive rooms and side rooms like our friend Ben is doing right now on the blockchain newsroom. And we had another room earlier today all about uh, tech security. And we have other rooms coming up tomorrow uh, by clicking on the title of this room. And you see the Tech News Club and you see all the upcoming rooms. The reason those are there and there's one coming up around uh, the AI news and job referrals and ask me anything about working at Facebook and digital inclusion, which Florian and JP Dahlman are going to be running and fintech and payments news with Monica and James. And the reason we do all those rooms is because this app needs more good, awesome content. And uh, I feel a little bit responsible because I know because I've been involved, have had friends build platforms like this. And this platform needs lots of really good content uh, to keep the ecosystem rolling. So I mean, you started that about eight, eight, eight weeks, eight ago. weeks ago. Yeah, you but started collaborating with the other clubs, correct. right? Justin, and, and Justin's political working, newsroom. It's not just about this club, right? Yeah. No, we, we are we we are intentionally promoting other rooms that we have no connection to officially at all. Justin's political and media one hundred and one media and political politics one hundred and one room. We need that room to thrive. It's critically important to this app that that room succeed. And that room is particularly is particularly important because Justin and his friends live in Jeff live in Washington, D.C. They're inviting members of Congress to speak in his room. And that room is going to become the bridge physically and digitally to Congress in the midterm elections that are coming up and those political candidates when they come in the clubhouse, it'll make sense that he'll, they'll join those rooms. And that's a critically important stepping stone that we get the politicians engaged in clubhouse and using clubhouse, as we all know, as clubhousers, how important this format can be for political candidates to discuss the issues. And so the other, I think critically, critically important thing that clubhouse could do at the moment is to make these rooms that we are in embeddable into web pages just as youtube did because youtube tried to be a destination and that's difficult to become a destination and force everyone to come to you and download your app it's much easier if you can embed this room onto web pages all over the internet so on cnn and on bbc and on cnbc and on TechCrunch and tech you know every tech website on the world this web you know those Publishers who have tons of traffic already could have their rooms embedded at the bottom of their articles where those journalists could be hanging out in those rooms talking about the article you just read with the people that they just wrote about in those articles. That would be a huge absolute game changer. And we know this because that's what YouTube did. They made it possible for blogs to take the video and put it on their blog where it's the video is relevant to the article you just read. And that was why YouTube beat all their competitors and Clubhouse could do the same. And I'm praying to God they're working on that. So um, other interesting news going on. Um, hey, Tyler, yes. can you hear yeah. me? Oh, sorry. I'm using Club Deck, so I wasn't sure yeah, sound if I've ever spoken using this. Yeah. <clears throat> so I just tweeted um, and tagged tech news around the yeah. world at TNATW. Okay. Um, okay. A really interesting um, new plugin that I was alerted to by some friends <clears throat> called Consciously that I thought was kind of um, timely, considering that Juneteenth, correct me if I'm wrong, is coming up this Saturday. Um, 
And so I wanted to alert the, um, the group here because I know you guys have some great voices to get this out to the community. Consciously um, has just released a, a browser plugin that will help um, support black owned businesses on Amazon when you shop. So I thought it would be really great um, if everyone checked it out and um, you know, let us know if it's good. Um, um, some friends of mine, I think, are trying to just get this out into um, everyone so that they can be a supporter as we go forward and an ally to the black community. Hmm. I just tweeted it out. Thank you for that, Tina. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, Renjent just sent in a, an interesting article about Ukrainian police arrest multiple ransomware gang suspects. Oh boy, folks, it's, it's happening. It's happening. Here's the update. Wow. Here we go. I'm retweeting this out right now. You can see it at Tech News Around the World Twitter account at TNATW. Do follow. But that's where the news is breaking. Ukrainian police arrest multiple ransomware gang suspects. Uh, these are the knuckleheads who have been shutting down the oil pipelines and the meat production facilities and asking for millions of dollars of cryptocurrencies. And it was always known that they were somewhere in Eastern Europe, in the Russian-speaking part of Eastern Europe or Russia. And now the headline says, Ukrainian police arrest multiple ransomware gang suspects. Multiple suspects believed to be linked to the ransomware gangs have been detained in Ukraine after a joint operation from law, enfor law enforcement agencies in Ukraine, South Korea, and the United States. The Cyber Police Department of the National Police of Ukraine confirmed that six arrests were made after searches of 21 residences in the capital, Kiev, and nearby regions. While it's unclear whether the defendants are affiliates or core developers of the ransomware operation, they are accused of running a double extortion scheme in which victims who refuse to pay the ransom are threatened with the data leak stolen from their networks prior to the files being encrypted. Here's the quote. It was established that six defendants carried out attacks of malicious software such as ransomware on the servers of American and South Korean companies, uh, alleged Ukrainian's National Police Force in a statement. The police also seized equipment from the alleged ransomware gang, gang saying it say, said to be behind a total of $500 million worth of uh, damages. This includes computer equipment, several cars, including a Tesla and a Mercedes. Uh, together, law enforcement has managed to shut down the infrastructure from which the virus spreads and blocks channels for legalizing criminally acquired cryptocurrencies. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. And there's a video, y'all. Wow. Check it out. I just tweeted it. And you can watch the video of the Korean police busting into these Ukrainian hackers' apartments. <laughs> Holy cow. As I said, embedding videos on the article about what the article's about. It kind of works, folks. It works. And that's why YouTube won, and it's why how Clubhouse could win. I hope you're listening, Paul and Rohan. It's, uh, it works. Check it out. Embedding. It's clever. <laughs> so, um, the... Free strategy. Yeah, the free advice. Um, free advice. Free advice. Uh, I'm, they're, 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 they're smart dudes. They got even smarter investors. So I'm sure they got their own strategy figured out. Let's hope it works. I'm praying to God it works. So somebody tweeted in a, an article about manned missions to Mars and the secret to manned Mars missions might be uh, sleeping fish. The sleeping fish are somehow the secret sauce to future of manned 
missions to Mars. And I will tweet that out so you can do the deep dive on that. It sounds a little fishy to me. Um, but, uh, you know, the bad, that's how bad jokes work. Here, uh, sleeping fish hold the key to surviving manned missions to Mars. Prolonged periods in time of time in space are punishing on the human body. Astronauts who have endured space flights have all experienced negative effects from the journey, from loss of body mass and muscle to the redistribution of bodily fluids to the head, which puts pressure on the eyes, causing vision problems. Higher levels of radiation in space can also damage the heart, cause arteries to narrow or harden, and even heart disease. So how can humans survive? Uh, the long 480 million kilometer journey to the red planet without them potentially dying. Uh, a team of scientists at Queens University in Belfast believe they have the answer thanks to a pet shop favorite called the zebra fish. NASA plans to return to the moon and onwards to Mars in the coming years. Recent technological advancements have made space travel more accessible. However, long space travel is incredibly detrimental to human health. And uh, but what the one feature of the zebrafish that caught the attention of the team and the researchers is the ability to form a hibernation called a torpor. We set out to determine if induced torpor is a viable countermeasure to the harmful effects of spaceflight. If humans can replicate a similar model of hibernation that we've observed in the zebrafish, it could increase our chances of making humans a space-faring species. Interesting indeed, and thank you for that. Tyler, is, you know what is, in, what is interesting about the Ukraine, uh, the ransomware, is that you know a day which Biden and Putin is uh, meeting, and one of the things that Putin said is that, you know, let's overcome the mistrust between two great powers. You know, mm. there's always been this issue with the Russia, you know, meddling with the, you know, uh, the hacking, and it's, uh, on the day that they both are meeting in Switzerland, it's... Uh, you know, they're busting some uh, hackers, uh, you know, deal with it. I thought it was quite interesting. Mm. Um, here's a here's another great one that Cheryl just sent in from Wired. Apple and Google's new AI wizardry promises privacy at a cost. The companies revealed upgrades to their phones that protect data and reduce reliance on the cloud. It also binds users more to their tightly to their ecosystems. Exactly right, uh, Wired. Uh, Tom, who wrote the article, Let's read that headline again and let's understand there's actually more than I think our friend Tom understands about what's really happening here. Indeed, as the headline says, Apple and Google's new AI wizardry promises privacy. That's what they are selling you, that they are reducing um, the data that they share with everybody else around the Internet for the benefit of your privacy. It's all about your privacy. We're making you more private. We're not sharing your data with anybody else. Uh, and the company revealed upgrades to their phones that protect data and reduce reliance on the cloud. It also binds users to their t more tightly to their ecosystems. And that's exactly right. Google and Apple are your phones, Android and iPhones. And they are now um, controlling that data much more carefully and not sharing it with very notably Facebook and Amazon and all their other competitors. And they want to keep that juicy, juicy 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 data all to themselves juicy juicy so data juicy. and they want to keep that juicy data for themselves as, as it says it binds users more tightly to their ecosystems and it does and now you know why amazon's throwing its own hissy fit and they're now going to block google's new flock uh data kind of uh monitoring system from uh amazon's system of the cloud aws and we got ourselves a little data war folks Welcome to the data wars of 2021. Um, and that's what it is. That's what it's shaping up to be. But uh, of course, they're selling it to you as an, uh, an improvement of your privacy. And, and it is. 
actually, in some sense it is. Uh, but it's more self-serving and a little bit more selfish driven because they are ad networks and they want all of that juicy, juicy data. So thank you for that, Cheryl. Mm. Hey, Tyler, could I, as John, yeah. if I could quickly comment no. on that. So I've, I've been waiting uh, for the day uh, since, uh, you know, the big platforms began monetizing personal data for ads uh, for the emergence of competition around privacy. So what they're doing now is competition around data that they possess, but not necessarily privacy within platform. So that I believe the next phase is uh, competition will involve what I call the economics of privacy. And that is that those people who prefer not to have their data exploited can have a much easier path uh, to protecting the privacy of their data vis-a-vis resale resale of the information. And uh, if we have transparency into the compliance with their own uh, policies on how they use our data within these platforms, I think we'll see people gravitate from one platform to another based upon uh, evidence of transparency into how they use our data uh, in ways that don't require us to re-up our privacy configurations every single time we log on. Mm. Yep. Um, you, this, I, I agree with you, John. Um, Facebook removes fake Ethiopia account network ahead of Ethiopian elections. And boy, did these social, did Mark Zuckerberg and uh, the, the guys at Twitter, Jack and Evan Biz, really, I can assure you, had no idea how much of an impact they would have in elections around the world when they were building Facebook and Twitter. And what an incredible headache they now find themselves in the middle of, of having to police all of that craziness. And you can empathize with why Jack wants a fully decentralized platform that he can walk away from that, you know, burning dumpster fire uh, with his hands in the air. And, dumpster fire called Twitter. And, and say, dumpster fire is one of my top five favorite words. Just work that out your own self. Uh, and, um, I, I do. I empathize with them because they find themselves in, a, in an impossible position of policing the content on their sites. And they opened a Pandora's box the first time they ever uh, policed any piece of content ever on their platforms. The minute they saw, I mean, and, do you think they should have never policed anything? Well, it's it's it is in some you open. I'm not saying they shouldn't have. I'm just saying you're opening a, a Pandora's box that you will never find the bottom of. Can, can I add a recent news? This is Gabby, yeah, go, Gabby. regarding what's going on in Nigeria. Yeah. So one of the Nigerian officials that heads their data technology, his Instagram account has been taken down. His Twitter account has been taken down and he's been screaming on Facebook all day. Um, I um, And so the Nigerians are like, this is so crazy. They don't know what to do because they're like their leaders are being silenced one by one by one. And this is this is what's trending right now in Nigeria, because he went on Facebook to be like, they took down my Instagram. This is why you guys need to download the Crow app, which the Crow app is the Nigerian version of Twitter. And it's going to get crazy because next thing you know, there's going to be mysterious anti-government coups on the coup app. Uh, (laughs) Government hate coup and who's going to put those little messages on the coup app um because these tech company giants don't go down like that (laughs) um hi hello can i add a bit yep hi Hi. um 
the, yeah, the Ethiopia election is on Monday. And I think the biggest problem here is that there is just so many um, ethnicities involved. And it's just the hate exchange between one ethnicity supporting somebody else and somebody else. And that's why I think the government is really, really getting involved in, um, you know, in policing that type of stuff. Um, part of, uh, in fact, even today I was walking around and somebody was saying that he's getting ready even for the internet to be shut down if things get worse. So, yeah, it's a, it's a very big uh, Big issue. Mm. Yeah. Uh-huh. So Monica, are you, is she not on stage? She's tweeting stories uh, to Tech News Twitter account about uh, a SaaS startup called Browser Stack t- becomes a unicorn. Uh, so as Monica's official role as the unicorn updater of India, unicorn uh, India just got another unicorn, y'all. It's it's been. Uh, I have to say, I'm. Uh, it's been a few days, and I'm. Ge- I was getting worried because it had been like three days since their last unicorn, and so they were quite overdue for another unicorn. Glad to hear that it, it's worked out. Um, and our friend Marcus in the audience, Marcus Landstrom, just sent in a really interesting article from uh, 60 Minutes, which, as you know, 60 Minutes you've heard me mention many times is one of the absolute premier legacy news outlets in America for many decades. Uh, and they do deep dives on really interesting topics. And they just did a big deep dive that I'm now retweeting uh, from the Tech News Twitter account with a video that you can watch. It's an embeddable video, folks, on the web page. It's, it's an amazing innovation. And the 60 Minutes correspondent, Lori Siegel, reports on the big money being spent in a world somewhere between digital and reality called the metaverse which Michael and Victoria on stage know a thing or two about. And so does JT, I reckon, looking at this photo. And in fact, yeah, the NFTs made it possible for people to now own and collect digital goods. As 60 Minutes reported last week, they're having major implications in the art world, but NFTs are also changing music, fashion, sports, and more. They allow people to purchase digital moments, whether it's a block shot in a basketball game or even a popular meme. And indeed, some of the most internet's most popular memes, like Danger Girl and Neon Cat, have sold for hundreds of thousands of dollars, actually. In the new 60 Minutes report streaming now on Paramount Plus, correspondent Lori Siegel follows along award-winning rapper and songwriter Flo Rida made a performance of his song Low into an NFT. So when people get the NFT <laughs> of what happened today, Siegel asked the artist, what are they getting? What are they owning when it comes to you, Flo Rida? There And he responds by saying, they're owning a very special moment of myself that or anybody else, you know, Flo Rida said. And, you know, it's that digital moment. And I can't wait to get one of those moments of Baby Got Back. That's the that's the NFT I'm waiting for. Um, NFT is like new Kodak. Well, that's because you like big butts and you can't deny. You brothers cannot deny. <laughs> When a girl walks in with that itty-bitty waist round thing, and round thing in, in your face, face, you go NFT. Mm. Your NFTs get sprung. You get NFT. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. The wrath between Tyler and Michael. Oh, boy. She's little in the middle, it's but she's sad. not Guys, if, you, if you're talking NFTs, come join us. We're having fun over in the blockchain we, room. You can talk NFTs. Okay, we, we, it's the, you caught us. It's the... <laughs> Sorry, Ben. We're on our way, brother. He's come to get you. <laughs> no, nah, it's all fine. It's cool. <laughs> no, nah, we missed you, bro, bro. We'll be there in a minute. Hume, protect. I've sucked at turning up at this room recently. I apologize. I've been doing 
other things in the real world. So it's you, been impossible. But Ben is correct, exactly correct. If you want to talk NFTs, Ben's got the room going on right now. It's called the Wednesday Blockchain News, headlines from around the world. And he's got a whole bunch of our friends over there. Ame, Alexandra, Jennifer, everyone's over there talking about all the important stuff going on. And it's an, and it's an amazing public service. And people should get more updated and familiar. And there's no better source on the Internet, I assure you, than going into those rooms and having those conversations, getting your questions answered. Get up on stage, ask your questions, and get that free, free education. It's, I can't believe free, how free valuable education. it is. It's fantastic. And, and kudos and, and a huge everyone should be thanking uh, Ben and Donna and May and everyone over there doing that. It's uh, they're doing God's work over there. Um, Poppy just sent in an article about protecting human rights from AIs because, you know, AIs are abusing your human rights. Right. So the article says uh, watch. Human Rights Commissioner Ed Santow outlined the reasons why an AI commissioner is needed. Artificial intelligence technology brings the promise of improvements in many areas of life, but it's not without problems. More AIs, more problems, as Biggie always said, right? So near the top of the list of issues are ways in which it may embed prejudice, for instance, through facial recognition and surveillance. If AI is to fulfill its potential, it needs to be safe, fair, and reliable. So, so it's a it's a big article with an embedded audio podcast that you can listen to all about protecting human rights from AIs because these AIs are so powerful. And in fact, there's an embedded embedded video, which is truly an amazing technology um, that they put as part of this article that you can see for yourself. And I'm tweeting this out from the Tech News Twitter account, which is at TNATW. And if you look closely at the title of this room, you will notice those are the first letters of tech news around the world. And if you can figure out how that happened, please DM us and let us know. <laughs> Mulder and Scully are on it. It's a truly wild coincidence and we're still trying to figure it out. So the truth is out there. The truth's out there. Heyman just sent in a brilliant article that I'm retweeting from the tech news Twitter account at TNATW, the Netflix of wellness inside the Hollywoodization of Peloton. The bike company has become a global content brand via rigorous a class scripting of classes, candy promotion of instructors and entertainment industry partnerships. Peloton is the Netflix of wellness. They're calling themselves. And you'll, you'll see it when you see this article from the Hollywood reporter that we just tweeted out the bike company uh, and is um, creating all kinds of content because the bike it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a stationary bicycle and you run yourself ragged like a, like a hamster on crack. Except that it's got a big TV screen on the front of it, and that screen's got content that you subscribe to, like Netflix. And now you understand the title of the article, The Netflix of Wellness, because you're paying for a subscription to this content of these very fantastic uh, cycle teachers who encourage you to, you know, um, exert yourself. Double, 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 double down, double, down, double. down. <laughs> you got to make that hill. Push double, double down. You got to do this. Cut back on the pop tarts. Yeah. Did you give us an audio test of that the other week? Oh, yes, I did. Yes. And uh, we did have a song uh, that uh, to that point. Uh, we gave a little audio taste of what it's like to be in a Peloton session. Um, Biden and Putin agree nuclear war cannot be won, is the headline coming out of Germany's, uh, my favorite publication out of Germany called DW.com. That's really good news, actually. Yeah. Um, Biden and Putin agree nuclear war cannot be won and must f never be fought. 
U.S. President Joe Biden and Russian, Russian President Vladimir Putin have concluded a high-stakes summit in Geneva aimed at cooperation but dominated by deep disagreements. U.S. Uh, President and Vladimir Putin have ended their highly anticipated summit in Geneva. The leader's first in-person meeting since Biden became president took place at a lakeside villa um, amid soaring tensions between the two countries as talks ended after roughly four hours. Less time than either side thought they would need. Biden gave a thumbs up. Members of the U.S. team said the meeting had been quite successful. At a press conference after the meeting, Russian Vladimir Putin called the talks constructive. Putin also raised, praised Biden as an experienced statesman, willing to sit down for hours with other leaders, as noted by DW's uh, journalist. Uh, opening the talks earlier in the day, Putin said he hoped for a productive meeting while Biden called it a discussion between two great powers and said it's always better to meet face-to-face. And the Swiss president hosted the talks, which are which were scheduled to last four to five hours, and they lasted four hours. And uh, apparently everyone's happy with the results. Both sides want to lower the temperature a notch or two, and they're trying to find some ways to resume the dialogue. There have been a few quite far-reaching cyber attacks in the U.S. recently. And I'm wondering now... If it's an interesting coincidence that these Ukrainian uh, ransomware hackers were actually caught during the meeting, that's what I was saying, Tyler. Right? That's, what I, that's what I just. That's what I was just telling you earlier. Uh, how, what, a, what a coincidence that uh, Biden and you know uh, Putin is meeting and and uh, they get to arrest. Mm, very interesting, actually, and I think people don't realize just how good of news this actually is because i don't think y'all motherfuckers understand if we go to the next war is the last war by the way just so everyone's clear on that if there is another war like and anybody hits any button the whole world is done just to be clear so i know none of y'all are really freaking out or don't think that's really big news but that's big fucking news uh yeah that, that's our other deep dive room called bfn big fucking news uh it's the, part of the <laughs> part, part of the that's every tuesday the bfn network i am honestly gonna start that room bro. Be- Tyler, by Jenna Jameson. yeah the, it's part of our sister organization called the bfn network big fucking news <laughs> so that will do it my friends bfn thank you for joining us at bfn today <laughs> thank you everyone we will see you we tomorrow do join us over in the blockchain news thank you very much and it's been fun everybody so learn how to block your chain follow the tech news room and we will see oh, you next boy. time what a session today i think one of the best oh